Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Radio. And now, where the paranormal meets the sacred, and all topics in between, live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show, with your host, Shaw McCain. Hi everybody, I'm your host, Shaw McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. We're proud to say we're translating to many different languages for listeners outside the country. The call number tonight is 619-924-9744, and the Paranormal and the Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, During this show, we'll be able to take questions in order and we also have a very uh, distinguished group of gals on tonight when um, I'm not so sure if we're going to be able to get a lot of people uh, asking questions towards the end. So if you want to call in, make your questions concise, then we'll be happy to see you. There will be no uh, chat tonight. Uh, we're just too, the keyboard's just too busy right now. So anyway, you may call in and listen from any phone, from anywhere, 619-924-9744, and we appreciate your calls. Thank you. Uh, just now for a few announcements, uh, Melinda Leslie has an amazing UFO tour in Sedona. Uh, she uses uh, Generation 3 military night vision goggles, and, if, and she you can actually do some stargazing. 20,000 times more light is possible with the naked eye with these goggles, and she takes everybody out, and uh, she says you haven't stargazed, you've done it with a military night vision goggles. Anyway, they've had some uh, interesting sightings about, uh, she told me, about 11, and that uh, Sedona is known for uh, these vortexes and things like that. Anyway, it's about 75 bucks per person. The fifth person in your group is free. Children 14 and under are free. And also, you can reach her at 928-282-2085. And also, let's see, the next thing that I have, Sarah's International Support Group, is a meeting for experiencers uh, that have had, think they're abductees or had weird experiences or sightings or whatever, and uh, you need help. Um, I've been a member of Serial for 23 years. Yvonne Smith, a renowned hypnotherapist, is the president and director, and uh, you may reach her at www.cerointernational.com. 
And, of course, we have something awesome coming up. And, as a matter of fact, our panel tonight are all going to be speaking live from there. Experiencers Speak in Maine, August 28th through 29th. And the website is www.experiencerspeak.yolasite.com. The event is not sold out. You can purchase tickets through PayPal and uh, let Audrey Starborn know. And the phone number over there is 774-766-2558. And I'd like to mention, of course, my wonderful and beautiful friend, Maria, Marilyn Salas, the awesome and creative wife of Captain Robert Salas, has sent me a wonderful product called Love's Blessing. It's a meditation and healing mist that's calming, relaxing, and uplifting. And I keep one in my purse to spray the back of my neck during the day to keep my energy up. It's a lovely, soft scent that smells to me like incense. I also spray it on linens to help me sleep. Anyway, you can get yours at www.lovesblessing.com or you can reach her, Marilyn Salas at P.O. Box 1075, Ojai, California, 93024. And you can also reach Marilyn as she's a healer and they have a wonderful tea house going over there. Anyway, it's Ojai, O-J-A-I, healer at gmail.com. And there's another thing starting up, and uh, it's the New Mexico UFO Paranormal Forum. And it's a nonprofit grassroots organization that's having a fundraiser to help pay for ufologists and other experts to speak at their monthly meetings in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you know, quite near our spot, you know, Roswell. Anyway, the link is www.gofundme.com, ZFA29B38. And then uh, that's it for all of our announcements. And um, let me start introducing everybody tonight because we have uh, quite an awesome panel. I'm a little bit nervous over this. Anyway, tonight we have a distinguished panel of guests. And the topic we're discussing is thought about and experienced and actually wondered about through the ages. Are we alone? All of our speakers tonight will be at the upcoming conference in Maine. But tonight we're going to have them live. We also may have some special uh, surprise guests uh, popping in and calling. So let me start one at a time. I actually, I knew this was going to happen, but sometimes, you know, you hope for the best and think it's not going to happen. But uh, what I'm going to do is uh, put everybody on one by one, and uh, we're all going to uh, share and talk, and we have a couple hours or more that we can do this in, and my computer went on the blitz, and uh, it started acting up late last night when I was putting in the final thing, so I've had to ever do everything the hard way and in longhand, and I, want, and I appreciate your patience tonight. So one by one, I'm going to get everyone on, and let's start with, uh, I'm going to go here, let's see, I'm going to get Pam on, hold on. I'm here. Hey, Pam, you're live with the Paranormal and the Sacred. Welcome. Hi, honey. How are you? Hi. I'm doing really good. You know, I got uh, yeah. a little bit nervous, and so I'm, what I'm going to do is uh, let, get everybody on in order, and we're all going to just, just start sharing our experiences. So, okay, I'm going to get Kathy now. This is, uh, let me get my thing here. It's a, you know, it's really tough doing everything the hard way. Anyway, Pamela, yeah, well, Lafardo, Lafardo. I hear you, but it's a little so bit muffled, in, honey. Oh, boy. Well, keep us in your prayers here tonight. Pamela Lafredo is a former New York County, Maine MUFON state 
section director and field investigator appointed by Lumen Bud. I can't pronounce his name. He's pronounced it Bichel. 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 And uh, oh. in 1992, she has been a research specialist in the field of ufology and extraterrestrial visitation for over 30 years. And after a series of close encounter studies in the Hudson Valley region of New York State during a UFO wave of activity in the early 1980s, uh, she became interested in the topic we're discussing tonight. And she was a physician's assistant for over 17 years, and she's now employed as a professional psychic medium, medical intuitive, and healing channel and Reiki master teacher at Leaping Lizards Holistic Center in Portland, Maine. And welcome tonight. Well, she's here. I'm glad. So let me just let me get everybody on, okay? So I'm going to okay. do this in, order, in the order they called me in. That's the order I'm trying to do. Okay, so let's get Kathleen. She's hearing me. Hey, Kathleen. You're live with the paranormal and sacred. Kathleen? Kathleen? Yes. Kathleen, you're live with the paranormal and sacred. I'm speaking, you're, you're live. <laughs> Got you. Anyway. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> I can hear you. So, uh, you know, Kathleen Martin is known around the world as an alien abduction ET contact scholar, researcher, author, and lecturer. Her educational background in the social sciences has shaped her effort. Extensive research and investigation in ET contact phenomena has convinced her that not only are they real, but they're being covered up due to national security concerns. Her interest in UFOs date back to September 20th, 1961, when her aunt, Betty Hill, phoned her nearby home to report that she and Barney had encountered a flying saucer in New Hampshire's White Mountains. A primary witness to the evidence of the UFO encounter and the aftermath, Kathleen has an intimate knowledge of the Hill's biographical histories, investigative files, and scientific interest in a sensational experience. One scientific experience may have led to her personal memories of contact. And uh, it's it's so amazing to have you on here tonight, and I want to welcome you. Well, thank you. It's great to be back. No, it's, that's right, because you've been on before, and also with uh, Denise, so I, I really welcome you on. So I'm going to get Julia on here, and uh, hold on, let's Hello. Hi. Hi, Julia. You're live with Hi, the panel. Sacred. I'm doing good. We're all here. And uh, let me give, give you a little introduction. Julia Wise started as a state uh, section director of MUFON after a sighting, as she thought something, and then was asked to join Starbucks Support. Then became co-host of Starbucks Support radio show and through medita- meditation receives downloads of info about ascension and our roles. And it's very important. I want to welcome you tonight. It's an honor to be here amongst Thank great you. women. I know. <laughs> These women, I just cannot, cannot believe and I want to thank Pam also for putting the word out and getting everybody on because it's very important that the women share their experiences and it, we're powerful and dynamic and uh, you know, we're all picked for a certain reason. So I'm going to now, I, I've got, let's see, I'm going to go by phone. I think I see Denise Stoner. Hold on a moment, ladies. Hi, Denise. 
Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. You're live with the paranormal and the sacred. And I'm going to give a little bit about your bio. Denise Stoner is MUFON's Assistant Director of Abduction Studies, Florida, MUFON Field Investigator, Florida, and Star Team Member, Director of the Florida Research Group Affiliation of the UFO Co- UFOR Corp. And she also <laughs> holds educational forums for public and private gatherings for abduction experiencers. Denise has an educational background in business and psychology and is a certified hypnotherapist specializing in regressive hypnosis. She began her research in hypnosis under Dr. Bob Romack. Denise also worked as a paranormal investigator, and she recorded evidence of the development of psychic abilities in individuals following their experiences with UFOs and ETs and worked on a team with Dr. Romack studying abductees' ability to locate missing people and predict uh, future events. That kind of took me aback, you know, when I read that part of it because I'm an experiencer and I've had all that gone. So, you know, this is uh, important work and it's, it's really incredible. Ah, yes, it's very interesting. Yeah, very. We can't, let me see who, who, what's going on. So that's it. So we have a bunch of listeners on, on board too. So anyway, um, uh, Pam, uh, why don't you start out by telling us uh, just how you got involved and how you got involved in actually the uh, star-born people and uh, things like that. Pam? Well, it's already started. Pam? Okay. Hi, Pam. You're live. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we want to we want to know is it how did you how did you get involved and then end up uh, uh, doing the uh, the starborn thing every year? All right. Well, this goes back till I was four years old. All right, in in East Chester, New Rochelle area of New York. And it followed me on and off throughout my life, but it was mostly random and at certain age ranges. And there was a lot of activity back in, you know, not only the early 80s from like 1980 to 1985 in the Hudson Valley region, um, which is where Whitley Strieber and Linda Cortilli and a lot of people really had a lot of activity during the same time frame. And I'm not far from New York City where I grew up. I lived on Shore Road in New Rochelle, right by City Island, um, where the Glen Allen Casino is, the famous Glen Allen Casino, where the Dorsey brothers used to play by Glenn Miller back in the day. Um, And, yeah, there's water. I lived right on the waterfront, right in the Long Island Sound. And I remember a lot of activity back then, so much that I was a with it. I had to read everything. I had to figure it out because I'm the kind of person, if I can't wrap around it and it doesn't make sense to me, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with that until I can make some kind of sense of it because I know that it's real and you find every other reason to believe that it was this or it was that or it was something else and dream. You know, you can come up with a thousand reasons to not want to believe that it is what it is, but you don't even know what it is. You know, a lot of people, depending upon their religious background, they can believe that they're angels, aliens, demons. You know, it really depends on where somebody's perceptual reality is for them. 
Um, so for me, uh, I've always been about knowing the truth. And I've spoken about that on the air, even as a ch- child in church, when they would speak about certain things, I would just know that that's not right, that's not real, it's not really the way it is. That, that, that makes for an angry, harsh God. And I never believed that, nor have I ever really believed in one God. I don't even like that word. I believe that there's a creator, and I don't know that we really understand what that actually is, but I think it's probably the most intelligent thing that may exist anywhere. (laughs) And I'm just trying to figure out any concept of that, and through that, it makes everything possible. It makes, when you look up in the sky and you see all that up, we don't know what's out there. And for us to believe that we're the only ones has never, ever made any sense to me whatsoever. So I wonder if people that are more open-minded um, are more likely to have these experiences. And, you know, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily more intelligent on, you know, a standard level of intelligence, but maybe we're using a part of our brain that, you know, those other people don't, or we're more able to bleed through dimensional reality or energy in ways other people can't and we're not aware of that it just kind of happens to us and so we work with that or we try to figure it out and it could take years to try to figure out what that actually is that's happening and when you talk about paranormal there's a range there's a gamut of things that could be happening and it's always been important to me to figure out what that actually is as a psychic I've had all kinds of psychic and paranormal experiences, and I seek them out. I mean, I go clear haunted houses, and I go to haunted areas and try to release souls or any, any, you know, balance out energy in a place that's been known to have really discordant energy. Um, So there's like a range of what I do and why I do it, and it's an inner directive. I just kind of feel compelled, so I, I go with what I feel directed to do. And I definitely won't do anything that I don't want to do. And I think there's a lot of people that know me that know that. I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. (laughs) Yeah. Everything I do by choice. (laughs) Well, so you feel that your uh, uh, psychic experiences have been enhanced in some way by your other experiences? Absolutely. I am that I am anyway, and I believe that when he spoke to me when I was four years old in my closet, I used to have like a little fort that I built in my closet. I did, and I used to go in there by myself and close the door and have my little light or whatever and spend my time alone. Just to, that was my space. It was my closet in my bedroom. I shared it with two other sisters. So here's one bedroom with three beds in it and two closets and the one to the left was my closet. And they talked to me when I was little. They just did. Whether they were there in the room with me physically or whether I heard voices in my head as a child in the closet, I remember them telling me as a teenager even, they've told me more than once. I've told people this. I remember telling my friends when I was 15 that I had an encounter with an angel and she told me that no harm would ever come to me no real harm, that I was protected and that I, I might experience harm in, in many ways, but it would never, ever be anything 
like really harsh or, or miserable or fatal. And, you know, Shar, you probably know more than anybody that I'm 52 now, and last summer was probably yes. the worst year of my life. Yes, oh. very, yeah. very rough. So, uh, all right, you can ask somebody else to talk now. Yes, well, <laughs> I, well, <laughs> all right, no worries. I know, I know what's going on. Okay, uh, Kathleen, um, how do you how do you feel about um, uh, what she had just said, and um, how do you find uh, how these experiences are affecting uh, you know people, the experiences? Well, everything that Pam said rings a bell and uh, is quite common among experiencers. In a, a study, this was a, a scientific study that Denise Stoner and I did in 2012 to identify commonalities among experiencers. We had uh, an experiencer group of 50 people. We had a control group of 25 people who were not experiencers. And what we discovered is that about 88% of experiencers uh, end up becoming more psychic or more intuitive than they were prior to their experience. Uh, many experiencers uh, feel that they have had uh, this guidance throughout their lives. That it, it's you know sort of a little bit of ESG and uh, this psychic sense. Many many experiencers and. Uh, I am an experiencer. I've just recently come out of the closet about that. Uh, something that I thought that everybody had uh, was uh, to be empathic, to, to be able to sense other people's feelings, other people's health, that sort of thing. Uh, I just discovered recently that not everybody has that. But it is something that is common among experiencers. So uh, that's another thing. There are there are many commonalities that experiencers share. Twenty three, in fact, in um, the study that Denise Stoner and I did, the report is on my website at Kathleen-Marden.com, M-A-R-D-E-N, and free the Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. Uh, has uh, a new questionnaire posted on their site. So far, they have over 1,500 participants. And MUFON has just posted one at MUFON.com under research, the experiencer survey. So if you are an experiencer and uh, you have some memories of your experience, please go to free or MUFON or both. Uh, and fill out that questionnaire. We could really use your help. Definitely. You know, and your colleague, just Denise Stoner, is also on the line. So, Denise, um, what was your reaction to uh, what we're talking about? And um, also that um, your dear friend Kathleen is, now, uh, is coming out as an experiencer, too, because I always thought she was, but I kind of have to wait by the sidelines and wait for people to out themselves. You know what I mean? That's true. We have to be so careful as spokesperson or spokeswomen yes. uh, for this arena. 
because we can be dashed so quickly by people making an effort to say, you know, women are not allowed to do this. The men can get up and speak, and, and uh, yeah, they're cut down too, but we have to be a little bit more careful. And why do we get into this? Because we are experiencers. Why do we want to do this? Because we are empaths, and we we feel and sense what everybody else is feeling um, and the harm that can come to them if they do speak out. We're We're nurturers naturally and when you add the psychic ability to that the experiences that we've had it's just natural for us to step out and say we've got to do this no matter what so i agree with both kathleen and pam and i suspect that everybody else on the line will also you just have to tread carefully try in an attempt to decide when the right time is um, I'm going to do something for experiencers speak that I feel the time is right only because Kathleen uh, encouraged me and it's going to be a great honor to do what I'm going to do um, and see if that will help others uh, to do the same. So it'll be a surprise. Um, I know, I was just waiting, holding my breath. Okay, <laughs> like, what is she going to say, and why can't I go to Maine? Anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah. so uh, I can, but I can't get anybody to, re- to to even get my vacation this year. Not one coworker. Oh, this is a gripe. I shouldn't, I shouldn't open a gripe session. But now nobody would take over, so I can go on vacation. So I'm just hanging in there, like I said, three more years, and I'll be free, and I'll be running about the country. Tell that panel that you're coming next year for sure, and they can count on that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Julia. Yes. Hello. Hello, Miss Julia. Hello. Hi, Julia. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey. Now, uh, I love you, you know, we're calling. We, we love you, too, and, you know, we're calling from all over the country, and uh, I feel so, you know, grateful to have you guys on and just have the ability to get everybody on, and it's just uh, it's awesome to me. Uh, I don't know where I was able to actually do this because I had no training, so what am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> but I had took up, nobody would mentor me, so I went ahead and took some classes, and boom, I started doing it, and Little did I know that it would be a forum for people that I love and respect. You know, I uh, read everything I could on the Betty and Barney Hill thing. Uh, Denise Stoner is is unbelievable. Uh, If people haven't heard about her, you've got to tell us a little bit about your background, Denise. And then Pam, of course, who's a psychic and she's busy healing people in Maine. And now we want to hear from Julia. Uh, Tell us about yourself, Julia, and... uh, how you feel about the topic so far and, you know, having people like not, not out each other. Cause I believe that we're coming to the realization in layers and you have to be careful because people aren't, aren't before they're ready. They're going to just uh, yeah. not acknowledge it anyway. Go ahead, Julia. Well, God, where do I start? Um, well, I can say this. Yes. You have to come out when this is not an easy thing. And it affects your whole family. Um, being the co-host of Starborn Support Radio, it's been over two years now. 
Um, I, I can honestly say uh, a lot of the people that come on our show um, are just coming out for the first time, and these are people in their 50s and 60s um, that have been going through this their whole life. And um, so it's a very big thing for them. The one thing I can say um, is every single person that comes out for the first time, and, and usually it's really funny, usually they're very, very um, open. I mean, if you're an experiencer and you you remember being on a table and what they do to you, your body parts on the table, um, these people are graphic. And it takes a lot of courage. Uh, you're, you're on the air. Nobody sees you. It's not television. So I think people feel freer to discuss their experiences. And sometimes it's very hard. We had a gentleman on last week his first time. Um, and you could, in between, he started to cry in between, and here's a grown man, you know, and, um, and he was very graphic, and of course, nobody laughs, everybody's like, I was actually crying inside for him, because I knew, as an empathic person, I could feel his pain. On on the break, uh, towards the end of the show, on the break, um, he said something to me that just, I just almost lost it in tears. He said, for the first time in my life, I feel like a weight was lifted off. I'm so glad I came on your show. And that's what it's all about. Um, we, our show is dedicated to experiencers and researchers into that topic, uh, a forum that people can speak openly without being laughed at, without being ridiculed. And... Um, and it was very, very odd um, uh, how I got into it. it. It was just, uh, you know, listening to Pam and how she went through her experiences in Hudson Valley. Um, I basically, since I was a very little girl, I had dreams of UFOs, always. And, you know, there, you dream every single night, but you don't always remember your dreams. And I was always excited about the topic, but I grew up in the 60s. I'm 54, so I grew up in the 60s and 70s. And in and, and the movies back then, when you saw a spaceship, it was pretty much seamless. You didn't see lights or you just didn't see, like, the kind of special effects you see today with the Star Trek, and it looks really intense. My dreams were of spaceships that were absolutely huge, called the Mothership, and they were full of lights and full of gadgets. And I would be underneath them always, looking up. And I would always be afraid. And I would look up at the sky, there's nothing there, and I was afraid. And then I would see these ships come. And um, these are uh, dreams that are very realistic. They're not uh, your normal dreams. Uh, sometimes I would dream, uh, I, I would walk in a, a school, and, and the aliens would be there and show me um, film. Uh, but this is throughout my life I would have these dreams. Um, and I just kind of like put it away as dreams. You know, I never really thought anything of it other than that they were just really intense dreams. Um, maybe positive thinking. I really want to meet aliens from outer space, you know. So I always had a curiosity, but that's all it was. It was curious, you know, and I had a couple experiences. I always had sleep paralysis my whole life constantly had sleep paralysis until 
Uh, I was 47. I had a hysterectomy. After the hysterectomy, I've had one sleep paralysis incident where I was definitely um, taken out of my body and, and shown some knowledge and brought back. But uh, I don't think I was experimented on at all. Um, and that was a waking dream, and I was actually after traveling. That's a whole other show. But <laughs> but the... the um, I remember my uh, I was in um, uh, my roommate when I was in my 20s told me there was a blue light that came into the room and she was very scared and it left. And one time I woke up not in my bed but on the side of my bed completely paralyzed. And I was scared to death and it took about 10 minutes for me to actually be able to move my limbs. And I was sitting on the floor next to my bed, which is not where I, I, I fell asleep on my bed. So these are all events that happened throughout my life, and I never really put it together as being abducted. I, I never really, I thought they were just what they were, sleep paralysis and dreams. And so what happened was um, about six or seven years ago, we were um, driving on, uh, we have a major highway, 76, in Philadelphia, and I noticed what we now call those invisible planes with the chemtrails. It's the first time I noticed that. And I'm watching this plane, and I said, oh, so this is what they're talking about. You could just see a silver nose, and that's it, and then a long chemtrail. So I've been watching this thing for quite a while. So about 10 minutes passed, and I'm wearing high-definition sunglasses, and I could see the sun, and right next to the sun... Uh, this thing disappeared, and then I saw a silver, uh, small silver circle in the sky, and I watched that for about 20 minutes, and then it disappeared. And I just didn't know what to make of it. Uh, too high to be a balloon. Uh, so anyway, I I, uh, I went to work, and I do normal work. I, I've been in telecommunications. I've been uh, I have a degree in business from Temple University, mostly accounting stuff. So I, I was doing accounting work. And I, I have this great office. Uh, the girls that work with me, they're all into this stuff. They're into conspiracy theories. Uh, so they were saying, why don't you uh, tell me fun? And I'm like, nah. Well, I did. And Chris Augustine, who was our one of the co-hosts of Storeburn Support Radio, um, was my the guy that interviewed me. And then he told me about the conferences. I started going to the conferences. And it was fun. It was exciting. And I think one of my first conferences, uh, I saw Kathleen Martin there. And, you know, you, if you told me five, uh, five years ago that I'd be friends with these people, I'd have drinks with them, meet them at conferences, and to, uh, if I had to have a radio show and talk about the stuff that I'm talking about, I would think you're nuts. But anyway, here I am. So the universe has a way of trying to... Yeah, they do, because uh, so I was trying to express how this could happen. What, what night is your show on? What's the, oh, what's the day Saturday of the time? Saturday night, uh, Eastern Standard Time, it's 10 to 12. Um, and it's on kgraradio.com. Okay, so 10 um, p.m. to 12 midnight? Yeah, and you can sign in for free um, to, get, to listen to the shows. And um, so... The interesting thing, um, I'll just say this real fast, it's just real interesting because I didn't think I was abducted or anything, but when I started interviewing people every week, 
I'm like, I have that symptom. I have that symptom. That's me. That's me. That's me. And, you know, I started to think, you know, I said to Michael, who's our main host, I said, you know, I think I've been abducted. And it just kind of makes sense. And we had a psychic on our show. And I became very good friends with her. We talk on Facebook all the time. We Skype all the time. She says, you've been abducted since you were a little girl. It's all over your face. And it kind of made sense to me. But I don't think I could have handled it 20 years ago, knowing that knowledge. Like, now it's like, oh, okay, well, that... Because I couldn't, for the life of me, understand why I was doing this radio show at all. Why I said yes to Mike. So I started going to these conferences, and they asked me to be a state section director. So um, uh, so I learned how to do the investigations. And, and, and to be honest, it gets kind of boring because it's the nuts and bolts. I'm more a spiritual person. I do practice Buddhism every day, and I, and I was like chanting, and all of a sudden, in my meditations in the morning, I was saying I want to be an ambassador to them, and I want to, I want peace on earth, and I want I want to talk on the radio about this stuff. I want to be on TV, not you know for my sake, but for you know the message. And I couldn't understand really why that was happening. And then all of a sudden, um, Mike said, "I'm doing I'm." You know, there's this group, Starburn, which would you like to join? So we joined. And then he said, well, I'm going to start this radio show. You want to do the radio show? And then I was on, I think there were, um, there's two television shows I was on. And one of them, the last one, I really got a chance to talk about um, the ascension process, which is really big with me right now. So it happened like synchronicity. Like when they, they don't, you don't choose them, they choose you. And it, it's like all this synchronicity happened very quickly. And here I'm a normal housewife, and I'm an accountant, not a certified, but, you know, I'm, I'm a normal, yeah, and then I'm doing this. So it's like, but at 54, I'm ready to handle it. I couldn't handle it 10 years ago. So everybody has a time where maybe they can't talk about it. Recently we had, uh, right now this show is just me and Mike. There were four of us. Uh, Chris Augustine, Laura Weiser, and uh, Sasha Christie. And a, a lot of these people need to, needed to step away. Uh, there was too much going on, and they just needed to step away from this whole, you know, reality. And that's fine. That's wonderful. That's good for them. A lot of people step away, and then they come back when they're ready. So, so in the meantime, I'm, I'm doing this, and I'm, I'm feeling more the spirituality of the whole thing. So I've been uh, chanting, meditating, and praying. And the synchronicity is I'm running into so many people that, that feel the same way I do. I always wanted world peace. I always wanted the human race to, you know, free energy and all this kind of stuff, but I didn't think it would ever happen. And then, you know, I started getting friendly with Miriam Delicato and, and Pam and, and, and all these people. And they all had the same idea. And Miriam is, is a big factor because she would tell me, meditate every day for every single human being to open the heart because that's when world peace happens. And and then all these event, inventions will start coming and, and you'll uh, have free energy and you'll have... Uh, contact with them on a daily basis. We can't do it now. We're not in that mode yet. It's close, though. So I started meditating, and I would meditate on something. uh, Let's say, oh, this is a big one. Um, uh, ISIS is getting really bad, 
and they were, you know, chopping people's heads off. And there was this one guy that they had captured, and I went, I just felt the mother's pain. I, I felt her pain, and I started to cry, and I was on the floor crying, and I said, God, I don't want to hear another woman cry over her son. Free this man. This man has to be freed. Um, Julia. And then I said, I just want, want, I just want to know, um, I, I need to know that what I'm praying for is going to happen. That Julia. I was done. Julia. I turned on the TV and they released somebody. They released yes, my prison. Comment. So it was like, uh, yeah. And, and I was like, oh, my God. And then I, I felt this need to continue doing that. So um, I do talk a lot. Uh, on the show, the last half hour, I talk about the ascension process. There's another um, website. Uh, there's a channeling going on. His name is Cryon, K-R-Y-R-O-N. It's Cryon.com, and he has free audio. Uh, it's a gentleman named Lee Carroll, and Cryon is a spirit. He's he calls himself, uh, what is it, the magnetic magnetic service. In other words, he works on the grids, and he channels a lot of information. And what I'll do is I'll meditate something in the morning, and then I'll decide to listen to a, a channeling, and it matches. So <laughs> the synchronicities are just unreal. I know this is a real phenomenon. We are headed in the right direction, and every single person... Uh, every single experiencer has a bit and a piece of the knowledge. And when yeah. it comes to be, there could be, we don't know what's going to happen. It could be, I, I think it's all good. I mean, there might be some intense stuff happening, but it has to happen because there has to be clearing. But we're we're going to know when all this knowledge is going to be used. And And my downloads are not intense. They're not like somebody talking to me. It's just something I know. And it's beautiful, and it's light, and it's wonderful. And I feel incredibly amazed that and honored to be able to help other people, you know, through meditation and whatever means, uh, to become awake and aware and be a part of this great phenomenon. So that I, I'm sorry to ramble on, but <laughs> it's a long story. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it is. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, really, because that's... Uh, Intention, yes. I want to just comment on one thing she yes, said about please. ISIS. You know, from day one that they came out with that whole ISIS thing, we already know how Muslim men feel about women in general. Oh, yeah. And that's, ISIS is what it is. They call it that. They can, you know, their labels and their little code names and all that. To me, ISIS means the rising of the goddess, and we're about to experience that this year more than ever. On eight eight eight, because we got a triple eight with the uh, Lions Gate, the Venus Kuliaga rising, or the Kali Yuga rising. Yeah, we got the Divine Feminine like coming down the pike. So I feel like Isis is like the ult- one of the ultimate Divine Feminine energies, and isn't it interesting that they would name that that? Whoever did that. Yeah, because this um, is like an anti-feminine. It's actually, I saw with feminine. an L, Lebanon, I think. I, I just yes. saw it. It is one, When I heard Isis, I'm like, why are they calling it Isis? She's one of the most powerful Egyptian deities. Well, and I an, believe that yeah, it's an acronym, like uh, um, Iraq, Syria. It's like an acronym of all those countries. 
Yeah. So I don't think I know. It's I'm saying. It still says ISIS to me, and you know who ISIS is. Yeah. So. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, a bunch of haters. That's what I call them. But anyway, now let's uh, let's uh, um, Kathleen. Uh, you know, everybody knows this story. This is the, probably the first story I ever heard was uh, your aunt and uncle, and uh, that when uh, that happened, and then they made a movie with oh that blonde actress. Who is she? It was uh, Estelle Parsons and James yes, Earl Jones. Yeah, and James Earl Jones. Their parts were so intense. It's like, and then it was that uh, grainy black and white. And uh, I'll, I'll just never forget uh, being riveted uh, when it first came out and then how intense they were as actors. And uh, it was a very impactful movie. And uh, I remember just being blown away by that. And then... Uh, one day I was out in Roswell. I was at the I was at the gathering out there, and that's when I met you. And uh, you know, it's 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 incredible that uh, now that you were coming out, because every time uh, somebody uh, gets involved with this, I know it's like a net. We're all if you are near it, you're part of it, and you're an experiencer. I think you that that is saying? probably true. And, you know, I yes. have to tell you that uh, although I'm neither right-brained or left-brained, uh, testing shows that I'm smack dab in the middle, being both right and left-brained, which is highly wow. unusual. unusual. I've spent most of my life attempting to be left-brained completely. I, I take an academic, uh, scholarly, social science approach to what I do, uh, and and so... I started out attempting to prove that Betty and Barney didn't really have an abduction in the White Mountains in 1961, that it was just a series of dreams that Betty had and that Barney somehow absorbed those dreams and under hypnosis related that story. And so I spent many, many years doing a a very thorough investigation of their case. And what it did is, uh, in the end, I discovered that there was uh, unequivocal evidence that they had an abduction experience. I hoped that if I could prove that they didn't, then I could prove that my memories were not real, that maybe I was having sleep paralysis, maybe I was having hypnagogic hallucinations, Maybe there was a psychological reason for this. And in my journey to uh, to discovery, I even took part in um, an academic study on experiencers where I went through a battery of psychological tests to see if I was fantasy prone, to see if I had any of those characteristics. And I have to tell you that uh, I am not fantasy prone. I uh, am, came out completely normal on all of the tests, and um, finally, I was at the point where I couldn't even speak out loud about what happened to me without weeping, without shaking. I had so much terror, uh, particularly because of the 
conscious, continuous memories that I had of these experiences. And I found Denise Stoner, finally. And Denise has worked with me uh, over the past approximately five years. I've attended her support group meetings. And I've had a lot of uh, help from uh, Audrey Starborn, too, um, who uh, and Michael Austin Melton from Starborn Support, and but mostly from Denise. She lives near me. We're about an hour apart. Uh, she has done uh, a few hypnosis sessions with me as well. I I have uh, so much Hello. for the point that I am at right now. She she has really been one. Well, well, she has, and she's quite a, a unique and powerful, and I don't think people really realize that Denise Stoner is part uh, was part of a diving team. Uh, Denise, do you want to tell us about a little bit about your background? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's I've always been. And you're also in forensics. Go ahead. Excuse me. You're also in forensics. Uh yes. Um, I was a background investigator for the military, particularly the Navy, uh, for new recruits coming in who wanted to join the nuclear power school, particularly they wanted to become submariners, and that's a nuclear power school program. So they had to be squeaky clean, and some of that began at my desk when I received their military jacket and I began investigating, and if, in fact, I found something that was just out of the ordinary, somewhere from something they didn't report, like a DUI, a traffic ticket, it was that tight. I would have to send it up through um, our legal department. But I did the initial investigating and checking out, and so I had a background in investigation and found a lot of that very, very fascinating. I, I then went from there to a research facility for the military uh, who worked in a lot of simulation, but at the same time I, I worked as a test subject for some of their development of new weaponry to see how I would react because I do not react at all to any kind of motion sickness. When some of That's their... Yeah, some of the pilots and people that were flying the various items um, got sick. I did not. Um, And some of the things that they were working on could make you sick three or four days later. I signed reams of paperwork stating that if I had a reaction, there were various things I would say or do or let them know about, and, well, they would have noticed I did not get sick. And uh, so they asked me several times if I would repeat the tests, and I still did not get ill. So it was always very fascinating, and I loved doing it. I learned a lot about locating things in the sky um, if you were in the air under certain circumstances and what I was looking at and how to notice them. It's helped me a great deal to know what I was seeing in space. Um, 
I don't talk about that much. That's about all I can say, but it was really yeah, helpful to me. It's just so interesting and that, um, you know, we're so lucky uh, to have you in this field, you and Kathleen, because of the way you guys think. You know, you are uh, very strong women and uh, you do uh, look up the evidence and you uh, emotionally are very strong. You know, I have a problem with uh, being a lifelong experiencer. I had to suffer a lot of PTSD with it, and it caused me a lot of problems, you know, and uh, uh, I got help. Um, I ended up writing to uh, John Mack at Harvard, and that's how I actually got over there to Ciro, is that he recommended that, you know, God rest his soul. But um, that's how I got there, his understanding of me. He wrote and he said he believed me and that if I lived near, you know, I was actually born in Boston, which was weird, but, uh, and actually raised along the Hudson up north, northern, northern New York too. So upstate mm-hmm. as they call it. But, uh, you know, that, that helped having those kind of people, uh, open to me and backing me up. It's, uh, uh, it's powerful, uh, to have you guys on and, um, you know, talk about your experiences. There's so many people listening, and uh, you guys are the leaders, and we we need to stay strong and, and continue developing. And uh, like Kathleen, uh, Kathleen, uh, your courage to actually talk about your experiences is helping yet other people. Because I know people that are actually been researchers, and I knew they were abductees, and uh, they haven't come out for a long time. You know, as your as yourself, but do you feel like it's like a waking up? Because I feel like it's a waking up through a whole bunch of layers of whatever it is. I don't know if it's cloaked intentionally, so you won't remember, or what? What do you think, Kathy? Well, since I have come out, um, I I have to say that it's very very risky, uh, and yeah. I want the focus to remain upon my research and not my personal experiences. Um, but uh, since I have come out, uh, I uh, people are more open with me and are more willing to share their experiences with me. And they're the same experiences that I have had as well. And so that's sort of opened up. And and I think also my memories through hypnosis with Denise have opened up where I, I thought that this experience was just horrible, that I, that I was really traumatized by it. But as she took me through hypnosis, and this is forensic hypnosis, without any suggestions, I realized I was that those ETs were so kind and caring to me that... They conveyed a message of deep, deep love, a kind of love that I've never even felt on earth. And it was projected upon me, toward me, the way I felt it. That They said they met, uh, meant no harm. Uh, they told me that they were studying my family's genetic line. And they told me that they were concerned about a possible environmental disaster and that this uh, that they were t- just checking our DNA uh, because they're concerned about the ultimate survival 
of mankind. And, and I came out feeling so much better about it. And I started to think, well, you know, I'm, I might be taken uh, once a year, probably right now. It, it, the last time was in 2013, as far as I can remember. You know, so maybe it's even more than one year. So what is two hours to give out of an entire year? It's not that much. So I, I have a completely different attitude toward it than I used to have, particularly if it's if it's for the benefit of mankind. That's right. Uh, you know, that's the whole point is uh, what we're doing. We're like the forerunners of what's going to come after us. You know, I know that things are going to be spectacularly different that 20 years from now than they are now. And it's almost like we're coming out of the... Uh, just being awareness and now it's on TV. Now everybody's coming out. Now we have conferences and places we can go and support. And uh, then 20 years from now, uh, I, we might be enlightened enough to uh, actually hang out together, you know, with them. I, I'm not, not yet, you know, not yet at all. And, but uh, uh, it's a dilemma and, you know, I'm still getting frequent abductions, so it's just me and a best friend. We get abducted together, and now her husband gets abducted with us. So this is going on all the time, you know, and we are just actually had dinner together last night, all three of us, and we were talking about it. And uh, it's uh, for us, it's just been an ongoing thing. I don't understand mm-hmm. that part because I don't know uh, what – because I'm not uh, – I was kind of in shock because I'm not of childbearing age anymore, and uh, that's really not what they're interested in anymore at this point. Because, you yeah, know, my kids, my, I call them space kids. That what? Uh-huh. That's true. What? Yes, I, I said that that's real. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know who you're asking. We're all, we're uh, all commenting. Yeah. I feel like that's true. What you just said is true. Because they want you for different reasons and different people for different reasons. And I find I'm a contactee, so they never really wanted me for genetic reasons. I'm very aware of the empathic and the psychic and all of the reasons why they did. But it's so interesting that more than ever, I really feel like they don't need to contact me directly in the physical because they can telepathically tell me anything they want me to know because I've developed that type of connection with them. They don't have to show up in my bedroom and they don't anymore. Wow. No, and we well, have to wonder because I ahead. think we were all given different tasks to do and yours oh, is yeah. one of them. Like you're saying, um, we we find ourselves in places that we were possibly meant to be, someone to work with and share our investigations and research. Which is uh, which is yep. great because you and uh, uh, Kathleen, uh, Denise and Kathleen, uh, you guys are like the dynamic duo. You're just so compatible, you know. And I see you guys together. You developed a, a great understanding of each other, and that's why you know I have my best friend. We've been friends, you know, for over forty years. So we've had all of this go on all these years. Uh, I don't know what I'd do without having somebody that close with me. You know, I would just, I, you know, I go to the, go ahead. Very important. 
it's very important. And, uh, you know, Denise and I have come to realize that we might have even been on the same craft at the same time. We're not certain about that, but we both have memories of a certain part of that craft. And she was describing her her side of the craft and what was going on over there. And I was describing my side. And she knew what my side looked like because she was looking in that direction. So I don't know if we were there together, but uh, we have been on that same craft, uh, perhaps separately, perhaps together. And it's so important to be able to find that kind of bond with an individual who's been through the same thing. And also, Denise and I work very well on investigations together, on research together. Uh, I'm, I'm just so lucky to have found her. Yes, and, and uh, a very bright lady. Oh, well, thank you. We find you that we both can work on a project where we're investigating. I have talents in, in some areas and she in the other, and we can bring those things together and come up with an answer, what we believe is to be the answer, uh, especially in involving uh, videos, film, and pictures. Um, that we're looking at, looking for something in it to to determine what's going on. Um, And I didn't realize it until Kathy pointed out, hey, you're you're seeing these things that I'm not. And then I said, well, you're seeing this and I'm not. So we can put that together and it works well. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's quite a gift. And sometimes I think these setups are intentional. You know, it's it's by... uh, a, some kind of a guidance because I have found myself, uh, you know, doing things and being in places I wouldn't ordinarily be and, you know, having these, uh, you know, really strange occurrences and synchronicities like Bam was saying. But um, now we have Suzanne Chancellor on, so I'm going to let her chime in here. Okay, let's see. Okay, uh, you're live. Uh, Suzanne Chancellor is a lifelong abductee experiencer. Upon reading Whitley's Jeeber's Communion in 1987, didn't we all have this reaction? I was stunned. She began to recover memories of visitation from otherworldly beings that began in 1966 at her childhood home in Pasadena, California. She's a mother of two grown children. She was forced to keep her experiences to herself for fear of ridicule and potentially lose custodial care of her children. We're always worried. You know, all of us are worried about getting arrested and dragged away. That's what I felt. Taking her story to the airwaves, she began hosting her podcast, Random Alien Raindroppings, also the title of her blog, where she interviews other experiences, author, researchers, the subject of UFOs, abductions, and all their high strangeness that seem to surround the phenomena. And uh, she's also going to be a speaker at the upcoming Experience or Speak conference in Portland, Maine, on August 29th. And welcome, Suzanne. Thank you, Char. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. And hello, everyone. I've been listening to the show sideline, and I was not able to join until just now. So glad to be here. Thank you. So, uh, what do you think about uh, what you've heard so far? Wow. Tell us, tell us Where about should I start? <laughs> I know. Huh? I, I was just really, really listening to uh, the, the most recent exchange between Denise and Kathleen. And um, first off, I wanted to um, say to Kathleen, I'm, I'm just so proud of you for um, coming forward with your, 
your story about being an advocate, and I think it's just really wonderful that you can have this, you know, in your back pocket to share with other experiencers who might not have been as forthcoming with their experiences if you had not, you know, come forward. So thank you for that. And you and Denise together, um, possibly seeing each other on a craft. And I, I had a question for the both of you. Um, not that I'm going to take over Char as a host, but I do have a question in regards to, do you go, yes. do you both feel that there's a possibility that um, we chose um, this path prior to our existence here and that possibly you two um, set it up prior to meet again in this incarnation to do this work? Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a Is that too heavy? To answer. <laughs> it's too heavy. Oh, I told you it was an alien setup. It's speculative. And uh, it's just too speculative for me. I'll, <laughs> I'll comment <laughs> because this is my new research. Um, and I've asked Kathy mm-hmm. to help me with it because we have to have a great deal of trust in each other. Um, she's actually working with me, and I'll bring some of my other uh, research information into it. I am beginning to work with people who came to me to uh, uh, investigate any possible past lives that they already had some memory of. And in doing that, I am asking them to work with me to see if they had any possible abductions during that past life, and did they sign a possible contract? to come back this time to be abducted or have an experience or an event? And did they ask other people to sign a contract, if you want to call it that, to join them in this adventure in this lifetime? So that's my research. That's interesting. That's really interesting, Denise. Um, I I do uh, think along the lines of having the sole contract, and, and I think that there's so many things that we don't know, but it's definitely an interesting avenue, I think, for us to explore because what, you know, for as many of us that have had past life uh, memories, um, these might also include the abduction experiences and maybe we did agree to um, be part of um, a bigger experience and maybe we are going to keep coming back and doing it over and over again. Who knows? Um, and also, well, I, I wanted to have... I guess that I will uh, be able to answer your question the next time Denise hypnotizes me. That's a great said. idea. Mm. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> Kathy, we're done right now. We don't have to do this anymore. Kathleen, <laughs> wow. you were saying... Are you taping... Love. Excuse me. Are you guys taping these sessions, I hope? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Okay, never mind. Dang. Because you know I'm some kind of psychic. I'm trying to censor myself. I have to be careful because I'm able, might decide to say stuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean to. I think, we, I think we came back again and again for right now, and I think this is it. Right? Oh, I, I think hope this is it. Wow. I agree with Pam. I, I think the karmic thing's changing, but we do make it. I heard a lot that, and read a lot that we make the decision to be abducted that it's. For a reason. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I don't believe it. I, I think I've been taken against my will, though. So that's my my problem with it is that I have not had any pleasant experiences, and I feel like, uh, well, until recently, 
So um, lifelong mm-hmm. ah. baby snatching, baby snatching, messing with me, uh, putting me in these brain uh, quiz things. Uh, it's like being on a quiz show, but with aliens, and asking me certain questions that I have to answer, and uh, very odd uh, testing. You know, very like uh, almost beyond my capacity to understand what they want. You know, it's like stuff like that. But I only I had one loving experience just recently, and that's been it for the whole time I've been running. When I was a kid, I was traumatized, uh, you know, scared, and because uh, I don't like the way they look, I can't accept it. You know, right. part of me yeah. still can't right. accept it. They're like human can bugs. I ask, <laughs> can I ask you, Shar? Do you think that there's a possibility? based on everybody else that you've interviewed and spoken mm-hmm. with who are contactees and advocates that have had trauma, and this goes out to all of you, do you think that there's some sort of a commonality with the experience where it might be, I don't want to say evolving, but you just said you just had your first positive experience. Um, I, mm-hmm. I find that to be true with a lot of experiences where it seems to start out with, um, you know, not, maybe I wouldn't say trauma, but we just don't understand what's going on. And it's so frightening and they're so ugly and it's a horrible thing what they're doing. But maybe we also don't comprehend what it is they're doing and why, and so that's frightening. Maybe they don't mean it for it to be frightening. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't know. But do you have you found that there are certain people who seem to have gone from, maybe like, go, going through some sort of an awakening where... Um, oh, no, a, a consciousness awakening that goes along with it with a lot of contactees I've found. Has anybody I'm else told that to be true? That, yeah. That's what yeah, I, I do. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying, that's my thing. I don't know if anybody can even hear me. Am I allowed to talk? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. That's listening. my thing. Really, I am one of those people that have changed the contact scenario from something that was really frightening, totally like an open thing. I had no idea. I mean, it could be this, that. What is it? You know, when you're young, you have no idea. And you don't dare talk about it because nobody will validate that for you. So, you know what? Yeah, over time, if it, if it happens to you young enough, like so many, and it follows you throughout your life, at some point, like me, I got angry and I was angry that they gave me no control. And I told them, you know what, I will do this with you, but not the way we've been doing this. I'm done with this, okay? You're not going to sneak up on me. You're going to let me know when you're coming, at least three days ahead of time, because I want to know. If I'm going to do this and I can't stop it, I have to have some kind of control. And that's the way it was with them. And it changed. The minute I got really irate with them, I was always so afraid of them, but the minute I told them that, you know what, if I'm going to do this with you, it's not going to be all your way. I'm going to have an element of control. So you let me know when you're coming, and at least I know. At least you have an element of, and I feel it. Anybody that's a regular abductee knows when they're going to come anyway. You feel it. Like within 24 hours, your hair starts standing up. You just know that they're coming. You just do, you know. And if you talk to people that have been abducted regularly throughout their life, they are traumatized, but you can change that, all right? You can change it, and I think 
everybody can pretty much tell that no matter how you change it, there's still an element of trauma because you ultimately it's something that nobody will validate except for the people that are going through it. And when the people that you count on to validate that for you, your family, your parents, your community, your government, and they won't, and they make you feel crazy, um, we're not crazy. And I absolutely know that. I know that because I'm in constant communication with them. And now I'm not afraid of them anymore. I have no reason to be afraid of them any more than I do anybody else on this planet that lives down here. And I feel like no matter what anybody thinks, there are so many different beings that are visiting this planet, and they all have a different sort of agenda. But I feel like more than ever through the ascension process that the people, the beings that come down here and try to invade, you know, invasively do what they did, I feel like more and more they're not going to really be allowed to do that because we're shifting, and I feel like the higher galactic beings are taking over, the more Christed extraterrestrials are taking over. And if anybody's really being abducted at a grave still, I don't even know that anymore. I had that going on for so long, but that stopped probably about 1995-96. And it's been a very different experience with them. Mm-hmm. In 2010, I had them fly right over my house with two witnesses. And I just, you know what? I feel like they're downloading information for me now. They've always said in the right time, you're going to know everything. This is all going to make sense. And that's what I'm doing with them now. It's it's more of a cooperative co-creating of mm-hmm. what is necessary in the future. And somebody mentioned before something about 20 years in the future. Well, you know what? I'm not the prophet uh, of the new times, <laughs> but I do get my information. And I have been told that the angels, and whatever that means to everybody, angels, the angels will descend on Earth between 2017-2018 is the vision I got. And so we're going to get some major angelic assistance in the next couple of years. That I absolutely believe. Wow. Uh, I they, ne- they never lie to me. <laughs> They've never lied to me yet, so... <laughs> well, I think that um I think everybody has, you know, a little bit a different experience and point of view on this. And I think that's the intention. You know, if they wanted everybody just on the same page, they would just take one person, follow their family through. But what they're doing to me is uh, you know, they're taking all different kind of people with all different skills and talents. Uh, like we have some that are actual scientists that get abducted all the time, like Steve Coburn. Yeah, and Matthew right. Moniz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, ladies? <laughs> thinking we're all very quiet. <laughs> we're all thinking. I, I, I know, we're just we're thinking all, all and thinking. We're all standing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I believe that there are so many different types of experiences. There are also good and bad in humans, good and bad in all of these entities that are created. I really feel strongly about that. Um, I still see and meet with the greys. I still have my escort, who is a tall grey, that comes for me. Um, there's no doubt about that. 
and he's he's I can't call him cruel because he's removed pain and fear as we enter mm-hmm. a craft. Um, I have accepted that from the time I was two and a half, and until the time the last time I was taken or escorted onto a craft, and there was even possible involvement somehow with Kathy in that. It was was it February of 2013 or 14 when we had and we had traveled together that day there's a lot of confusion because we weren't quite sure what happened except all of my electronics broke down that day and we know that I was taken on the way home Um, the purpose of it just not quite sure. We had to come back to that area and look it over, and it actually had been naval base uh, property. Hmm. It, it was an area where I had once worked before they tore the Navy base down. I'm suspicious of some of that area, and there are lakes there, and I did see something come out of that water uh, once we started to investigate it. I don't know again the purpose of it it wasn't bad it's same old stuff but something is going on i'm older they don't need me for breeding that's for sure anymore um, yeah but are well, they i have a question um i have a question uh, a couple of things happened that I found really startling the last couple of months. I had a very positive experience with my best friend. Uh, it was so outlandish when I took it to my group. I had absolutely no response and uh, because it sounds crazy, except that me and my best friend saw the same thing. I called her the next morning. I said, I had a dream that you were over. And she said, oh, you and the blue cats? And I went, how do you know about these blue cats? She said, I was there. You were trying to give me a, a four-foot-tall blue cat. They were very kind, big blue eyes. They were uh, sort of a gray-blue with darker blue stripes. Uh, all, this is a, it was a very weird story. Her husband was standing in the yard, so he was here, but he was looking down and standing in, in the yard on his phone or something like that. Anyway, so she shows up to Denny's. That's our hangout. And uh, this jacket on, the exact replica of the colors on this blue cat. So anyway, I took the blue cat story to my group, and you know, and they're kind of like deadpan about it. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. It's not stupid to me. Anyway, but they were so kind and loving, and I let them in right away. I never let those things think I fight. You know, trying to slam the door. Usually, this time I I let them in, and uh, I then I looked at them and I said, "Don't you remember? Ancient Egypts were cat worshippers. I mean, how?" <laughs> You know what I mean? They make statues to cats. They bury their their home cats. Maybe they were visited by these loving cat people. That's why the cats were so worshipped. Hmm. I don't know. This is just a theory. But but I wanted to ask you guys this one thing. Is that the ones that have had babies and all that, um, that now they're showing me my adult children. And when I first started seeing them, I was very upset. Because I even turned around and looked at them. I said, I thought this was over. They're already grown. And realizing I re- was rejecting, like, my 24-year-old year son, you know, then I've taken it back since then. So I'm not going to reject any kid I have anymore. You know what I mean? But what about the grown children now? They're showing me the grown children. 
Go ahead. Well, and what what about this situation? And I've discussed it with Kathy. When I actually had a miscarriage and then was taken, I was taken immediately following that off the side of a mountain where we were having a picnic. And I was told something that I cannot decipher. I don't understand what they meant. And that was something similar to the ones that aren't right, the ones that we can't accept you get to keep and raise. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know well, that, yeah. It's shocking to me at a very deep level. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have that genetic thing. Not quite what they were hoping for and can't maybe exist in that reality because they're too human. They have to be oh, here. Who are they and what are they and how would we ever identify them? I've had some thoughts. I'm not going to disclose what they are right now, but think about it. I'm trying. There must be a way to determine who they would be. Yes. Oh, my God. I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Don't. Why did you do that to me? (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay you know so this is the thought this is yeah that i'm seeing my kids i could be seeing my kids in the street i could be working next door to my kid and and is that what you're saying i never even thought of it like that i thought i keep thinking they're they're only in this weird fog world but you're saying they could be here somewhere is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? You could have given birth to them. I did. Oh, my God. They could be your children, is what Denise is saying, I believe. Well, I know. And, you know, I have received reports from from several experiencers who were not able to become pregnant. And, and you know, this was before in vitro fertilization and that sort of thing. So uh, they asked the ETs to intervene, to help them to have children. And and they were helped, and they did end up having children. And in the book, uh, I wrote about a case in New Hampshire, Jenny Henderson, who had this happen. And she was taken into uh, a room, and inside that room there were gestational tanks, with fetuses in various stages of development, and some of them looked quite human. And the ETs were looking at one and seemed to have a great deal of interest in that particular one. They took Jenny into a room, put her on a table, and she lost consciousness as they were using instruments on her. She suspects that she was implanted with one of these fetuses. Yes, she was. Absolutely. Uh, she, was yeah, she was, I think that, because um, I try to think of different things, like if we have uh, input from the media, we might be dreaming about that or anything like this, but some of this stuff is so unusual and original and odd, you know, that um, I think that's another way of bringing up your uh, consciousness to be aware that uh, this is happening. So Mm -hmm. recently, and I've never said this on air, I'll say it because I have uh, all you ladies on here, 
uh, recently somebody turned around and told me in my dream that you have a new name now. I said, what's my new name? And they said this. This is what they said, and I tried to get this, the spelling right. My new name is Sarah Zasura, something like that. Sarah Zasura. And I went, Sarah Zasura? And they go, yes, but when I heard it, I seemed to remember it from the ages. It was like that. It was like a, a ring. It made me feel good to hear my name. So I guess, you know, they gave me the name Sarah for short. But yeah. uh, I think it's so odd because I've never even heard of this before. I've heard of people's names changing or given a new name, especially in the Bible. People, you know, Paul is Saul. Mm-hmm. Saul was Paul. And uh, Bible, Sarai. Did you hear that, Char? In the Bible, what? Sarah's name was Sarai. Sarai? And that is my name. I chose that name when I had my confirmation, Sarah or Sarai. It sounded like yeah. it was Sarai Zasura, and it had, you know, a bunch of syllables. And uh, um, I just don't know what to think about that right now. And uh, it, it's very, very odd to me to get this information. So that's the newest thing. This just happened. Two weeks ago, I've never, I haven't been able to talk about it yet, but I'm just saying it right now in case, you know, just like Pam, you, you know, you kind of understood it. So I don't know if anybody's had this experience where they told you you had a different name now. So maybe it's my age. I'm, I'm coming into a different realm, or I don't know what to say. It'll be interesting to find out because there are many religious sects that either choose a name for you or ask you to choose one that's supposed to be your name for the ages. Um, and if you try in just those in just in just those words, Denise. Well, not that exact name, but ask yourself to try and recall who gave you the name. It's I don't know people. There was people in the dream. There's a lot of people. I didn't see their faces, but I knew it was a lot of people or beings. And they said you have a new name now. And I even asked in the dream because I'm being my real self in the dream. I go, well, what's my new name? You know, like you would ask, like what? And then they said that, it's and I was just kind of stunned. name. You know, sound, the sound of your name is like a vibration. Of freak, it's like a frequency. That's the way it felt. That's the way it felt yeah. in the dream. I, when I heard it, I felt comforted. And I, re- and I remember. Because I don't believe in reincarnation, actually. I don't, because I don't have any, uh, like, proof of it. Like, but. Yeah, but what about, uh, what about the frequency of your soul essence might have a frequency, which is always a sound. So, yeah, like that. that. You know, I asked Lorraine Flaherty. I don't know. You guys know Sarah. Wait, guess what about Sarah? I don't know. You guys know uh, Lorraine Flaherty. Flaherty. She does uh, past life regressions. She's from the United Kingdom. And I met her over here. And she looked at me and she hugged me. And she said, oh, I, I just want to talk to you someday. And so I had her on the show and stuff like that but she said that because i said i was the only who was giving a presentation 
that said that I didn't believe in reincarnation. I was only saying that because I don't understand the ramifications of it. And this is the way she put it for, you know, everybody's interest. She said, you know how we have a DNA line? And I go, yeah. And she says, it's like that. That's reincarnation. I went, what? And I got it. For the first time, I actually got it. You know, so you're following your DNA line, and you're re- you're actually a reincarnation. You are right? your grandfather. You are your great great grandfather or grandmother reincarnated. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because we're carrying that DNA through, and she said that there are certain things that happen in the past that were the curses or whatever we call it curses. But but she's saying it's something, somebody in your DNA uh, line, somebody in your line had done. You know, and she traced some people back to Neanderthal. That's why the aliens want certain people. It is a DNA line, and it really depends on why they're interested in your DNA line. And once they are interested in it, it just continues into the next generation. So the fact that Betty has that and Kathy has it, you know, and Audrey and Debbie have it, and no doubt Debbie and Audrey's mother, Nancy, has it, you know, and I have it, and I really believe my father, who was in military, special operations, wow. he was an empath, a healer, and, you know, I mean, he, so whatever, you know, but he was a badass, too. He was a military special ops, but he had that, mm. like, war pathic side, you know, and back in the day, when he was in Korea and Vietnam, everybody thought when they went to war, it was it was a good thing. It was a compassionate thing. It was all about you doing something good. We've learned otherwise since then, you know. Um, they've wanted us to believe forever that war is a good thing. <laughs> and it, it's never a good thing. Never, ever. No, it's not, it's not the answer. Unless, unless, uh, well, I'm not a pacifist. Because if they were to get mine, I'm going to get them. Let's put it that way. That's the way I feel. If you I, attack my child, if you hurt anybody in my I family, any of my friends, I'm after you. That's the way I'm just... Oh, it's still oh, me, I'm okay? so that. I'm so there with that. But yeah. at the same time, you got to draw that line in the moment. You know, and, unless you're really placed in that situation, and we've been placed in some really strange stuff already. You know, when you're placed in some things, I think we learn about compassion more than most people. I think we face fears that nobody else has to. I mean, earth life is hard enough. Dealing with this on earth life is extremely uh, challenging. And until you're 20, 30, 40, 50, some people have years that they don't even know what's happening. And you know what? Before we go off the air, I'm going to say one more thing. You asked me this in the beginning, and I never answered it. How did I get okay. involved in Starborn? My friend Kelsey Hart involved me in Starborn. He told me, he called me one day, and he said, you've got to come over to my studio over here in Gorham. You've got to meet these twins. You just have to. You're, I know you, and I know them. You have to meet them. You just do. And so I said, uh, thanks for the notice. Do you want me to be there in an hour? I had young children, whatever. And uh, I, I made it happen. And I brought my friend Lori Irons with me. And we showed up, and I met Debbie and Audrey for the first time, but I found out that night that I already knew Audrey from my Starseed Central 
Facebook page. She joined it like two years before I physically met her. And when I met her, right. she said her name was Love Harbaugh, and I'm like, wait a minute, where do I know that name? And I didn't know her, but I knew of her. And there was no experience or speak yet because that year that Kelsey introduced me to her in the summer, we had experience or speak one that September for the first time. And we pulled that together like in two months, the first one. When I met them, they were like, they were really just like making it happen. And in the last moment, our area where we were going to have it got changed. Suzanne Chancellor was there. (laughs) That's where she met Jack. Thanks. I believe she met Jack. That was awesome. I mean, it was so, like, town hallish, and then it just, like, grew from there, like, the next year, and it just keeps growing. And Audrey is never going to give up on this. And I, I, you know what? The setbacks only prove that we're getting somewhere, that we're a threat. And, you know, mm. I don't even like that word. I think we're a threat. We're not, you know what? This information has been out there for so long. And they're not Damn. afraid. No, the they're truth not is a threat. Afraid. The truth seems to not be a threat. threat. If you say the truth, Hang on. you're a threat. Hang on. Wait. Wait a minute. I have a point with this. I've been in ufology Go over ahead. 30 years. My Go feeling ahead. with this is we, w- ufology is not a threat anymore. They know we know it's real. They're afraid of what we might find out that they've known about it for so long and didn't tell us. That's the big fear about letting us do anything. That's yes. all right. And, and I'll turn it over back to Suzanne because <laughs> I feel like you have more to say, honey. <laughs> I do? <laughs> no. Yes. Su- Not necessarily. Suzanne, I do. Yeah. You Suzanne. came on last. Yeah, so tell us about uh, your, uh, your experience and have you recently been experiencing anything like what we're talking about. Um, tell us. Oh, you mean am I still having experiences with visitation? Yes, visitations or seeing your children or uh, being told that, uh, you know, something's going on, that, you know, you've, you've reached um, a different level. I don't even know how to talk about it since it's just now, <laughs> you know, coming down. So right. go ahead. Um, I, I think that one of the reasons why I had asked earlier if anybody felt the way about um, that there might be an evolutionary uh, process within the experience. Uh, my earlier uh, experiences when I was a child were quite traumatic. But then again, it could have just been my own fear of what was happening that I couldn't comprehend and maybe I was too young to understand and as I've gotten older, it has changed, and I don't know if it's because I'm evolving or I'm evolving along with the experience or the experience is changing. I mean, I don't have the answers to any of these things. These are all just my own speculation. But uh, I did have my, I would say, awakening when I saw the cover of Whitley Strieber's Communion, as you just said earlier, and I think I can yeah. speak for many people that that was also the case because I think that was the first time we actually saw a being um, rendered in that way that seemed so familiar. And although it wasn't exactly what he had seen, he said it was very, very close. Excuse me. And um, so in my process, I'm now 53 years old. 
um, it has changed dramatically. I am still having visitations, but they're different. Um, they are more of a, a conscious contact. Um, there's a lot of telepathy and, and psychic awareness happening with me. Tons of synchronicity, and which has brought me to now living on the East Coast as opposed to living in California, which I did for 50 years. I met, yeah. um, a, gen- I met a gentleman. Um, he contacted me after being interviewed on Whitley Strieber's Dreamland, and he said, your experiences are exactly the same, and, and he just wanted to connect with me, and he did on Facebook, and we had just the weirdest coincidences, and he looked so familiar to me, and I just could not understand why we had had no mutual friends. But there was just something about the final picture that, I don't know, I just knew him. And we found out after about an hour of just going through all these weird things, I had had a, um, a deep meditation right before he messaged me on Facebook. And long story short, um, I saw a picture of his deceased wife. Um, and she spoke to me through a photograph. As strange as that might sound, that had never happened to me before in my life. I had no idea who she was, but I was looking at her picture as he and I were chatting. And I asked him about this woman, and he said, well, that's my wife. And I said, she's no longer with us, is she? She passed away from cancer in 1997. I said, I have a message for you. And I don't know where that was coming from. And I I said, "Um, she wants you to know that she loves you, and she is so proud of you. And she misses you and that she's all around you all the time. And he had raised their three children alone after she passed away. They were very young. And um, I told him this and he said, you have no idea how much that means to me because today would have been her 50th birthday and I was thinking about her all day. And I said, you're kidding me. That was just so... I get the goosebumps just telling it right now. It was just such an amazing... Synchronicity. You talk about the DNA carryover, that little penny. Oh, boy, I love that little girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's adorable. Thank you so much, Tom. We I'll love her you, very she's much. Something. Yes, she, she is. is something well, else. She really is. She really is. And uh, so where, where I'm going with this is that he's also a lifelong experiencer, and we were just trying to figure out what there was, why there was a sense of urgency that we do something together, do a work, do some work together. It wasn't even like a r- romantic thing in the beginning. It ended up being that way. But come to find out, we were born on the very exact same day. Oh, my God. And we were born nine hours apart. And he you mean and I... Year, day, everything? Everything. March 26, 1962. And we just could not believe what was happening. So we, we just... You know, sort of looking at pictures when we were kids, and, and he recognized a photograph of me uh, when I was in junior high school, dressed up um, as an alien, of course, for Halloween. <laughs> and <laughs> I know it sounds really corny, but it's true. And uh, but he he said he looked at the picture and he felt like he had been kicked in the stomach. And oh, I said, "What's wrong?" And he says, "I am so sorry. you know." Sorry, I'm sorry, I couldn't help you. And I said, what are you talking about? So he had never had a regression. He'd always wanted to have a regression. And so last uh, last June, a year ago last June, we went to California for my daughter's college graduation, and he had a regression with Elon Smith. 
I did, yeah. I've never been regressed. I didn't have any part of it. I was scared out of my mind to even know what he was going to find out because I knew that he had recognized me from a photograph. And uh, he recognized me from a situation that happened on a craft during that time period where I was on a table and there were many others like us with these beings that had long, spindly arms. He says he was too afraid to look at their faces, but they were so tall. He just, he knew that he was being shown me that um, to remember. That's how he felt, to remember this situation. And so we think that, you know, we are being reunited now to do the work. And so we think it's very powerful. And, you know, it is quite strange because the experiences have continued. And my my latest uh, experience also happened in 2013. I think that Kathleen Center's was close as well, um, where I actually went missing from the bed. And um, I have a hard time talking about it because I still can't wrap my head around it because it's the first time that anybody's ever witnessed me being gone. Yes, and wow. I can't, I can't understand it. And I'm on the one hand, I don't want to be afraid because I think I'm, I've got, I've grown so much to let go of the fear, but it kind of brought me back down to that fear place again because I have no recollection, no memory of it, and everyone says, "Oh, I have a regression," you know, and it's like not like going to get an ice cream, you know, it's it's a scary thing, you know. Yeah, you can't unsee this stuff. As you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of it is, you know, quite could be quite traumatic, and you know what would be gained from it. And the one thing that I do want to say is, I felt very compelled when I when I came out of the hallway, and he said, "Oh my God, where were you?" I said, "What do you mean?" He says, well, "I was looking all over for you, and you know, I thought you went Christmas shopping. It was right before Christmas." And I said, no, I just woke up. And he says, you weren't in the bed. I called your name. I looked all over the house. You weren't here. And so mm-hmm. I thought, okay, remember, 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 remember. And so I just said, give me a piece of paper and pen. And I just started drawing. Um, as a Something that I could remember was being shown to me. And what it was was that all the dimensions are um, bisecting each other at a certain point, this certain minute point that everything is happening in that space at the same time. It's really hard to I describe and to draw it. I totally yeah, plus that movie, um, uh, yeah, because I can't hardly articulate what you're saying, but that movie was right on, the one where the guy was stuck behind the bookcase and he was actually communicating with his kid out in the cornfield. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interstellar. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Yes. Incredible. That, said, that, that is it, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. felt like, oh, that's my life. This is the, right. that's why it's so hard and I'm speechless sometimes because there's something so incredible going on. And I've seen a lot of things that are odd. You know, that uh, the last sighting I had, I don't know, I talked about it a about two weeks before it happened, I saw a beautiful, uh, let's say, aluminum truck. It was gorgeous. I saw it, and I started chasing it because it was playing a movie on the back. 
And I went, wow, I've never seen anything like that. How gorgeous. I can see the movie in my mind's eye right now. And I can see the burnished edges to the back of the truck. I can see the whole thing. And there's nothing like it. Samsung then, three weeks later, said that they have this invention that's coming out, you know. Uh, but I see it as real. I'm not seeing this as, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a vision or what. I'm actually seeing it as a real object going down the street when I was chasing it, it disappeared because it, uh, it didn't exist. Anyway, wow. <laughs> yet they said they will have it soon, but, uh, but um, it's not it's just in the name and this and the that. It's the, all the combination. And then, you know, you have to have a life. I have a job. I'm still contracting <laughs> with the feds, you know. But maybe they're putting me there intentionally. I don't know. So it's, uh, that's when I you told Denise, 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 when you said that you understood, you know, when you had three years away, uh, you know, because I have an obligation to maintain my sanity if, you know, for my job, at least. <laughs> if I want to eat, pay right. the rent. You know what I mean? If I want to eat, pay the rent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I better go buy me a little trailer because I'm going to end up, you know, with all my antenna antennas. It's like every other nut. Because of the way yeah. I think and plus seeing these things is very confusing. Like, it's just not, it's happened all my life, but now it's, it's, uh, it's so, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's so brilliant. Uh, just like the truck thing. I went, wow, that's a cool invention, but it, it really wasn't out yet. And until I yeah. saw it, I went, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. If I'm having a vision about what could be and maybe what is going on in the future. So Precognition. True. So true. Well, if we keep yeah, talking, we will, we will have disclosure, and it will be all of us who do that and yes. bring it about. That's my belief. Yeah, I believe that. We do. We have to keep talking about it because, uh, uh, you know, I've got a lot of help here tonight uh, from you ladies because I really, um, I've never imagined uh, be able to tell a story and then, uh, you know, have anybody acknowledge it, especially the name change and meeting your full-grown adult children. But I will, I am traumatized now at this point, Denise, because you told me my children are in the streets. So now I don't think Thanks a lot. Okay, so oh, I want to read about. Go ahead. I want to read a little I, bit because uh, you know Kathleen has all three books captured. The Benny. Well, and you know, you're going to be different. So. Pardon me. Your children are going to be different. It's in the DNA one. Yes. Well, I need. I. I. I don't seem to be able to be suggestible or under go under hypnosis. That's another issue. You know, I'm not blocking anybody. I feel real relaxed, but I'm not. Uh, okay, let me. I want to talk about Kathleen's and um, Denise's stuff over here. Kathleen has also three books captured: the Benny and Barney Hill UFO experience and science was wrong with nuclear physicist and scientific ufologist Stanton Friedman, and The Alien Abduction Files with Denise Stoner and essays of several additional books. She spearheaded an extensive, extensive research project with Denise Stoner, both of which are here with us tonight, to identify little-known commonalities among experiences. 
And her articles have been uh, published in MUFON, UFON Journal, Open Minds, a magazine I love. I love the artwork in that magazine, too. Alternate Perceptions and Fate magazines on several websites. Kathy has appeared in television radio programs, and she's appearing here tonight, and she's been all over the world. And um, you can uh, reach her books or articles at www.kathleen-mardin.com. And uh, you guys working at a, a, as a pair, I think, is a genius setup, you know, from the other side of the world or the worldly uh, aliens or somebody. It's a, it's a fantastic uh, union here that we need desperately, by the way. Mm. Agreed. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, the first time, one of the first times I, I met Denise, and this is, she invited me to her house for lunch one day many years ago. And we sat down and she started to tell me about uh, a time when she lived in Colorado and she had an afternoon sighting of a UFO. And I said, isn't that funny? I might have seen the same UFO that afternoon. And she said, well, where did you live? I lived only 20 miles away from her. I was born and brought up in New Hampshire. She was in Connecticut. Uh, I mean, there's so much synchronicity here that somehow I wonder if we were brought together intentionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think so. I agree with that. And I think you guys have this. (laughs) Then plus, do you feel, okay, when I just, when I think it's over, all the news starts again. I mean, I thought, when I turned 60, I didn't have any problem turning 50. I had a huge party. It was really fun. When I turned 60, my life hit a wall. And I felt like I had a weird midlife crisis. I don't think I'm living to 120. But I had a weird crisis where I could not see the road ahead of me at all. I couldn't see my future. Uh, it was a crisis and a crash and burn. And then all of a sudden... It started all over again in a new path. It's like I was thrown onto this path. So uh, it was quite startling to friends, families, and group members when I started just coming out. Because I've always talked about it, but now I actually am, have less fear of speaking uh, to others and in public about it. I still am not, I, I haven't been on any kind, I've only been once to, you know, going, you know, talking about my experiences at a conference or something like that, because I have a dreaded fear of all this, you know. Um, but do you feel that your life is beginning anew? That's what I want to know for you two ladies, Denise Stoner and uh, then Kathleen Martin and then the rest of the ladies. Do you feel like your start, your life is anew? I do. I feel that I have begun my career uh, closer to the end of my life than the beginning of my life. Yes. I, I had a career in, okay. in education and in social work, but my real career started uh, when I wrote Captured. Uh, and, and I'd been uh, a researcher in the field for 25 years now. But it was when I started to write and, and started to speak, and that's after my children grew up and I could leave the house, that uh, it took off. And, and, and then when I met uh, Denise, uh, it took off even more. 
Yeah, I would have to yes. say that also, that once everything settled down in my life and I, I actually was retired and I had to make a decision, did I want to attempt to uh, tell my story and then found Kathleen and now I'm working in several areas of research that she can help me with to see what we can either combine uh, we research separately also, but when I need her assistance, I know that she's there and see what we can come up with for the future. Um, I think it's going to get really interesting. Oh, very much so. And, you know, Carl Jung said, really, that he really didn't want to work with, pe- with people until they were 50. Because before that, you're just kind of fooling around and you're trying to find yourself, you're having kids and <laughs> You know what I mean? And you have, you're distracted, but after 50 and beyond is when your real life and your inner life, and as for, for us, our outer life uh, is uh, coming to fruition and you start a whole new thing. Because what happened, is, what was the end of one road, I finally figured, you know, it takes, it takes me a long time to figure out things. But anyway, you know, that road was over. That's why I couldn't see a future. It was horrible because I could not see anything there. And then when I skipped over to this road, I can see endless possibilities. Now I'm so excited. You know, there's so much stuff to do, whether it's books or talking or, or art or whatever. That's true. And we have a little bit more wisdom to know the right path to take. And we know That's when to sure. turn around and go back the other way also. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think we're watching. I think we're wise enough at our age to know the difference between free will and divine will and what we want and what is wanted. Yeah, that's yeah, right. that's, that's it. It's because, you know, the um, there's a uh, longing for kinship and a longing to learn, and uh, actually that drives me forward. You know, it keeps it keeps me uh, going forward is because I, I have a yearning to learn of, to still be of service in a, in a different way than I have been. Because I think I've I've really earned my chops in the the helping world, and I'll continue to do it, but in a different way. You know, and uh, I've just tried to lower the pain in the world. You know, and I'd like to get mine lowered also. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm I talking about freedom, lady. Freedom. Yeah, what what you're doing is is going to do that for yourself and others, and I think everything that we all do is going to do that for an awful lot of people. Yes, because you know so many people are still in the closet. You know, they're just you know I don't blame them because every level seems to take so much effort just to break through. Uh, I can't, I don't understand what to call it. Like it's a barrier to another dimension and you have to break through to the other side to even understand where you're coming from. But for me, I'm reaching a dead end with this and I'm forced to do some something alternative. Go ahead. Effort is an idea and so is effortless. You know, again, I hear them and, you know, they tell me things and it's like, yeah, 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 you're not down here. You don't deal with every day. You don't... But, you know, there's effort and there's effortless, and I'd rather have it be effortless. I try to find peace, and in order to have peace, you have to be peace, and you have to teach mm-hmm. peace, and that's it. You know, there's only so much we can do and control, but I feel like the more people that have peace, 
the more we will have that kind of balance and more divine will for the future as opposed to, I just, I feel like whatever we've been doing as an experiment, it's end game and it's old and we're done. Nobody wants to do this anymore on a collective level. We want truth and we want peace and we want more freedom. We've been told we have freedom and we really don't. We don't have freedom. We're slaves. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Not, I'm not going to say we aren't in that matrix anymore, but it bothers me to watch everybody else that feels like they have to be a slave and go out and do things every day against their will that they don't want to do. All right? Most of us women aren't doing that anymore, but there's a whole lot of people out there that are. Right. True story. I'm still I'm still in the process, so I'm lagging behind. Oh, <laughs> I'll never I'm do anything on a anymore. I'm so past that. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm all in or I'm all out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm either like Chicken Little, you know, wondering if the Earth is going to crash, and or I'm, uh, you know crying for my uh, true love uh, or I'm worried about the kids or grandkids or great grandkids. I don't know. I'm just all so, is know. well. All is well because God is in charge. And if you doubt the bigger oh, picture. So, you know, that's what I have to believe. I've I've learned to psych myself into believing that whatever it is I believe is my opinion according to what I've experienced. It's my only direct experience, but it's a lot of other people's experiences that I've integrated. So it's collective, but it's still earthly. And then there's something bigger than that. And so what I don't understand, I don't decide. You know, I always decide that there is a bigger design. It's divine. It's proven itself through synchronicity, through all the things that are going on more than ever in these times. And we are sitting on the verge of a huge shift in September, October. Everybody get ready, because I'm telling you, <laughs> you know, it's not my opinion. You know, that's what they do to me. And I have been really on edge for the last few months, and I can point to so many reasons why. You know, Jade Helm 15 out in Nevada is one of them, and I'm very connected to that to some degree. Um, the person I love is out there. You know, there's things going on that nobody knows about. We're doing what we're doing, but everybody else is doing what they're doing. And we're not really aware of what they're doing. But some people get information, you know, and we don't try to do it. We don't even want to do it. Sometimes it's like, why me? Why do I need to know this? I don't want to know this. This is like a huge responsibility. And then I feel the need to tell everybody else. You know, I feel the need to enlighten other people because I don't feel like it's for me because I don't care. As far as me, you know what? I'm not afraid to die. I'm not. Death, life, none of that means anything where can for they, me. Where can people, Pam, where can people reach you if they could, uh, you, you actually work at Leaping Lizards as a psychic and a reader and a healer. Where can people reach you? Okay, I'll give you a phone number. It's area code 207-221-2363. And I'm there on Friday and Sunday until September because after 11 years of being there every weekend of my life, 
I told my boss that I want Sundays off. <laughs> so, that's huge Does that for me after you're a working week. like one day a week? No, I'll be there Friday and Tuesday instead of Friday and Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm having my Saturdays and Sundays yeah, off after 11 years. No, dang it. Yeah. I, I don't, but... Okay, I, I so then... Thank you, Pam. <laughs> Thank you, Pam. Okay, so... Suzanne, what's your, what's your uh, give us your uh, when you're on and when and the rest of your stuff. I'm sorry. Tell us when you're on, what night you're on, and how people can get a hold of you. Oh, okay, great. Um, if you would like to visit my blog, the address is abductawareness.blogspot.com, and I also have a podcast at randomalienbraindropping.podbeans.com. And if you'd like to email me, my email address is abductawareness at gmail.com and uh, send me on Facebook. Cool. Okay. And then uh, Julia, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here. Hi, dear. <laughs> I haven't heard Pushing. you. Okay. So uh, uh, tell us, Julia, where you can be reached and tell us about your show. You can be, uh, I can be reached on Facebook. Um, I'm Julia Yesner, Y-E-S-N-R, Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. Um, um, the show is Saturday night uh, from 10 to 12 Eastern Standard Time, and it's on kgraradio.com. You just go in. Uh, you have to sign in to listen to the show, but it is free, so you'll get a password and all that. And, and that's it. Thank you. Okay, then, uh, Kathleen. Yeah. Tell us about your next thing and where we can get your books and how people can contact you if you want them to contact okay. you. Uh, if you'd like to uh, read the uh, presentations that I'm going to be doing at conferences for the remainder of the year, you can find that on my website at Kathleen-Marden.com. You can also purchase my books there, autographed copies, uh, using PayPal. And I have a number of different articles that you might be interested in reading as well. And my email address is also listed on my website at, again, Kathleen-Marden.com. Thank you, and Kathleen. I will be speaking at Experiencers Speak. Yep, and our whole panel will be at Experiencers Speak. So uh, then, Denise, can you please tell us tell us uh, how to contact you and what you have going on? Yes, uh, my website, denisestoner.com. I have a lot of information there and where I'm going to be, um, various radio shows that I'll be on. I'm going to be, of course, at Experiencer Speak. I have something coming up in October. Uh, Kathleen does, too. Um, something brand new, EnigmaCon, and it's going to be all about UFOs and paranormal and how they combine. Um, so that's going to be something you can look up. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, you can order... Uh, our book also through my website. And give your website again one more time. DeniseStoner.com. DeniseStoner.com. And the, the experience of speak is going to be August. Okay, what is it? August 28th. 
Okay, so it's going to be uh, the whole weekend, August 28th to 29th in Maine. And uh, go ahead and go to www.experiencesspeak.yolasite.com. And uh, the the contact number there, uh, the founder is Audrey Starborn at 774-766-2558. And can anybody please tell us about who's going to be MC? I know Peter Robbins is going to be MC. And what other speakers are going to be there? Travis, Travis Walton, Walton, Grant Cameron, Jennifer oh, yes. Stein, well. Tom mm-hmm. Reed. Um, Steve Mike, Mike Cullen. Suzanne's going to be there too. Yes, Mike that's Cullen. right. Jansen Friedman will be there at a vendor table. And uh, Audrey is having a contest, uh, and the winner will get to sit with Stan at the dinner on Friday evening. I'm going to be speaking on Friday evening. I think there's going to be a dinner and stuff like that. And, you know, everybody always hangs out uh, afterwards. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's always a good time to be had. Maine's beautiful, and... I know people go all over the place and talk about it. It's, it's just a beautiful spot where they have it. And I think there's like a camp out going on over there, isn't there, Pam? Yes. Yes, yes. I can talk about that because I help. I'm on a committee with Debbie Piva and Debbie Starborn. We're pretty much running the camp out with Mama Hewins. I'm actually going up there this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. And me and Nancy are going to get organized and get the camp ready because they bought an extra piece of property since last year and have expanded their property. And we've got, I think, like 100 campers this year. Wow. <laughs> this has gotten a lot bigger. Oh, yeah. You're going to have, like, Woodstock over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, hey, uh, you don't want to walk It's more like Hootstock because of the owl factor. <laughs> Well, I just want to thank everybody that was on tonight. You know, Pam, thank you so much for getting the word out. And then uh, Suzanne Chancellor, Denise Stoner, uh, Pamela Lafredo, uh, Kathleen Martin, and Julia Weiss are some of the most awesome women I've ever met in my whole life. Um, I look up to you guys and... Uh, I listen for your next words, and I and um, just keep talking, and uh, I'll keep talking too. And uh, it's uh, it's really wonderful to have everybody on tonight. And uh, God bless you all. And I really wish you well with all of your uh, endeavors. As I feel like we're on a, the new path and the new road, and it's very exciting. And I'm there with yeah. you. Thank you, Char. So Thank much you for having me. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. God bless right, you. Love you guys. Love Thank you. you. Bye, you guys. Good. See you, Bye. See, you, see you later, people. Love see you. you. And I'm always... Love you. Bye. Okay, Love good night. You. Bye. Bye. <laughs> good night. This is just really... <laughs> I was going to say something was too corny. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, remember... We're going to be here next week with another astonishing show and give your props to all the ladies, uh, amazing people. 
and uh, I can't hardly believe that it happened. And uh, you can listen to the show after in uh, archives. And I didn't get a message from Tom Reed. Um, he didn't know if he had the right phone number or not. So, Tom, we know you were thinking about us and everybody else. I want to thank all my listeners for listening every week. You're amazing. Follow the links to contact me. You can have it. Leave me a message if you want to. Be part of our show for general help or assistance. You, know, you can find me on Facebook, Charlene Simpson McCain. Okay, you got my whole name now. And, our, of course, you can message me and uh, uh, let me know how we're doing over here. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, who do we still have on here? Denise is I'm here. Denise <laughs> and Pam. So, ladies, so now we're gonna have a show. Now we're gonna have a show after the show. Everything Yes. This was lovely just listening to everybody, and I can't wait to see everybody. I get like so excited, right? Like it's like August first tomorrow. I'm already like getting ants in my pants. <laughs> yeah, oh, and I'm coming up. I'm coming up a little early. I'm going to be there. I think it's the 25th, so that I can help with anything that needs doing. And um, Nancy might need a little bit of help because she doesn't drive, so that might relieve some other people that have to get out and do things. And I can help with her, whatever she needs. And I am going to be with her, Denise, on Tuesday and Wednesday coming up. And I already told her privately. I said, you know what? This is going to be awesome, and you're just going to, like, bask in all of it, and you're not going to have to worry about anything because I'm going to help her set it up. And I told her I'd help her clean it up, (laughs) and she just needs to let go, and I'm going to do a Reiki session on her, too, while I'm there, too. Oh, good. Well, I'm I'm also going to be there after, so if you're there, we can both, you know, not have her doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, um, because you know (laughs) <laughs> that's really nice because you know because that's the that's the people that are really dedicated. The people that set up and the people that tear down and clean up because that's the real nuts and bolts of this whole thing. Because you put everything really, together, but, but who's that. getting everybody rides? Who's yeah. giving places of people? You know, people places over roof over their head. You know, yeah. is uh how are how are the uh, are, are people just making their own arrangements for where they're going to stay and everything? Yeah. All right. People that come I'll go. Um, camp out. Everybody's bringing tents. And in the past year, Mrs. Hewins and her husband have invested in tents and air mattresses. And I, some of it might be coming from Starborn. I don't really know that for sure. But somehow or another, since last year, there's a bunch of bunch of tents and, and air mattresses that have shown up. Um, that are available to people that are coming to camp that are coming from out of town that are not going to, like, lug camping equipment and all that. <laughs> you know, like Tom Reed's, Tom Reed's driving up, but he's going to stay here, so they're going to set him up with a tent and an and a air mattress, whatever. You know, that kind of thing. This is it. This year, you know what? You know what I'm finding, Denise? And Charlene wouldn't know. She hasn't been there yet. And you know what, Charlene? You should hop up in and get your ass over here. You have no idea. You have of your life. Find a way to come and be with us. Can't you? I probably will come do on. it next year, but I asked three months ago You're to get no. one week off for vacation. I got nothing. Put it out to the universe, Charlene. <laughs> All right. I know, I know. 
Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of us from have here. Okay, what? Yeah. You're, from, you're from here. You're not even from over there. You're from here. Come home. I, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna actually gonna move back there. <laughs> I'm gonna move, but I, I, it's gonna be three more years. So I gotta put in my, my well, time. Thirty. It's like thirty. It's twenty-eight days away, starting tomorrow. So put it out to the universe. You never know what can happen. You talk about synchronicity and miracles. Come on. I, I want you to. <laughs> okay. So did No, I feel like you need to be there. You might come last year, so I don't know. You need to come and be with your family. Don't you feel like something I will might happen, or? You know, like this is an important year or something. It is. It's very important. It really is because it's right before yeah. September, October, and it's going to be huge in September, October. Well, what I you know. didn't talk about, ladies, was the blue moon. We had this whole thing on during the big full blue moon. Oh yes, we did. Oh, what's going to happen in September, dear? We have a we have a major double eclipse in September, and we have, I think, more in October. And they're going to yeah. set off events from last year. That's what eclipses do. And beyond that, you know, I feel like the whole Jade Helm 15 from July to September has been, you know, special operation drills for any number of events. And I'll give you a list. Do you want a list? I don't care who's listening. I mean, they, you know, <laughs> I want I've been saying what I want forever. You know why? Because I don't even know why I've been selected or elected to know this. I don't even want to know it, but I do, okay? You know, it could be a biowarfare thing they're preparing for. It could be some kind of Chinese invasion. We owe the Chinese so much goddamn money. What if they come over here and start seizing property? I'm just saying, all right? Beyond that, what happened on the 4th of July? The Russians, they were not in our airspace, but they were like a friggin' pubic hair outside of our airspace. What the hell? I mean, you know what? That, you know, I think there's a big message coming through over here. And then they're talking about some major asteroid hit. And then there's Nibiru, Wormwood, and pole shifts. You know, there's all this shit, and there's always been that. Everybody's been crying about this, you know, whenever. And nobody knows the day nor the hour. You know, I'll go right back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, it's, it's all about God is in charge. And I've said this. You know what? Everybody that is setting up underground, you know, I want to send a message because I care about humanity. Even though they could be mean and ugly, they think that they're going to let us burn on the surface while they burrow underground with all their lovely supplies. E.T. Mm-hmm. told me, the only safe place to be during what's coming down is off-planet, all right? So some people will be raptured, which means lifted into UFOs like we've been all our lives, because they want our genetics. They have been working for years and generations with our genetics for a reason. They're not going to lose their strain of genetics. Everybody else doesn't to them. Just saying. So the people on the ground are going to go for the pole shift. And if they don't think that that might turn out not the way that they hoped and planned, all right, just saying, it's safer to be off the planet, all right? And I believe the rapture in the Bible and those left behind are the first shall come last and the last shall come first. Oh, yeah. It it refers to that. I just, yeah. That's what I hear. 
you know what? You want us to fry on the surface while you set yourselves up underground and leave us vulnerable? Guess what? We'll be lifted because we're the vulnerable. And you, the greedy, will, God knows what's going to happen to you under there. It won't be pretty with the bullshit. Just, no, no they're saying. Okay. Stop so my opinion. I don't want to know this. I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't. I know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's not my opinion. And it's painful. To, it sucks to know what I know. It's rough because uh, that, it's been that, predicted that, for ages that, that this is going to come down. You know, so almost are, everybody knows September. it. We're going to start seeing Ebro in September a little bit. And then in 2016, next fall, we could have a major issue. It's going to be so close. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like very close. I feel like they have to do these drills because mm-hmm. there's going to be no semblance of any kind of, you know, like everybody will panic. People have no idea what's going on. You know, no they'll panic. So I really believe that wisdom and knowledge is power, you know, and, and it, it's important when you have that knowledge and it's been given to you even against your will sometimes, you know what, you feel compelled to let everybody else in on it. And I'm not trying yeah. to scare people. I'm not, believe me. No. But I already know, I already know that there are all these timeline possibilities and it really depends on the mass consciousness. Yeah. It really does. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's why. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, it's okay. I I just think the masses are going to be so involved in this, and as a group, I think they'll be able to protect each other, and then maybe draw others in that need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody is coming together for a reason. More than ever, it's like. I have known about Travis Walton for 30 years, but I've only known him three, all right? And through him, I met Stephen, and I'm sure you know Denise, and of course, Charlene knows. Uh, both of us have been in a relationship. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's fucking crazy. It's just crazy. I know. <laughs> yeah, and that was my midlife crisis. I, don't, I was totally out of my mind, and plus, it was an alien setup. Yeah. I've known about them since, like, way back when the story broke in the star. I remember it. I'm sure you do. I remember. We're all at the same age. I don't remember 52. the same thing. I'm not getting all kidding at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I remember a lot of... Say something before she hangs up on me. Denise. Yeah. Oh. What's your input of all this? Oh, my goodness. Is the end coming soon? Is the end not... I- yeah, something something's gonna give in a big way. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know how, but it's all stirring up right now. There's too much going on. I mean, I'd have to sit down and start with A B C D and tell you everything that I feel because you're you're all naming it already. We know that. Right. You, know? you can't even name it. It's a combination of so many things bubbling up surface. I think we're fully sitting in revelations. Oh, and yeah. the the revelation factor is so scary to the powers that be because oh. they've held for for so long hmm. duping the masses 
And, you know, it would only take 144000 and we got that beat. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that's that interesting beat. point there. Okay. That's interesting that's point the there. That monkey has woken up, and he's pissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I might be that hungry monkey. Saying, <laughs> yeah, there's so many that are so, so many factors that are so. Well, the, the point of the whole story is the evil will not win. No, uh, no they won't. In the short run, they appear to be uh, winning in certain uh, things, but they're not. They're they're losing themselves. They're losing their minds. They're hurting people, and they're destroying yeah. themselves and everybody around them. Because they yeah. know they're going down, you know. That's the exactly. way I feel. They have a yeah, and they say, you know, they, they they have tell me you're going to What? Yeah. Yeah, it's it, you just have to stand strong, and you it's difficult. Stand strong. What you have to do is ignore a great deal of it, and yes. just keep plugging on and plugging on, and not let it take you down. Because the minute you do. They're looking for that. They're looking for you to start, you know, making giving comments, up, fighting, yeah. and you can't do it. Ignore it and keep going. That's what it is. You don't. You don't ignore it because you can't ignore it. You're aware of them, and but you know what? The mission is way more important than them. So you're always got one eye, like your periphery. You got one like crossed eye watching to see right. what they're up to, but right. you stay yeah. on the mission according to what you know you need to do. You know, despite whatever they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shake it off and move on because, yeah, because I weep every day over what's being done. You know, the cruelty to every every single thing, men, women, babies, animals. It doesn't matter the cruelty that's being dished out, the new insane things people are doing to themselves and the the horrible activities. Uh, that are so uh, perverted and disgusting. You know, I think uh-huh. it's revving up because they know. I guess it's their last shout out. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's pitiful. So. It is. You know, it's it pitiful is. It's a last power grab. It's a last power grab, Char. And you know what? Yeah. Do you know that? Yes. Just yesterday, you know what they told me? And you know, again, I don't. I don't invite this stuff in. They just tell me this stuff. That killing of that symbolic lion has to do with yeah, the eight, eight, gate, oh. feminine energy coming in. It's a symbol sacrifice. All right, was, and so is the whole ISIS thing. All right, that's I didn't want to say too much on the air, but let me tell you, they don't on the air. But anyway, it's the show after the show. I told you, but the thing is, is that when they did that. You know, people are, like, making comments like, oh, it's no big deal. They killed 20 elephants. No. Some reason that particular lion has been so symbolic of what these Mm -hmm. people are dishing out, these cowards. You know what I mean? And and needlessly took the life of a being that's been here. How old was he, 15 years old? Yeah. Yeah, but he died. And he was a symbol to to the Zimbabwe people. It was like, okay, right. we have this eagle right. here. Right. To me, it felt, this is the way it felt to me. It's like we have an eagle that's lived, let's say birds live, eagles live a long time. We've had this bird, you know, for the last 50 years. And then somebody goes and chops his head off and cooks it for dinner. It's the same damn yeah. thing. It's disrespect. It is. It is. 
this is something that has affected so many people who even if they were not an empath they felt it stronger than anything else in a very long time maybe that's a part of the awakening maybe that's a part of what yes. we need to go I agree with that totally I think that we have yeah. to mourn these evil deeds uh, and then we got to shake it off you know um, in my work I, I work with uh, prisoners and they're technically in custody and they're at a halfway house and uh, I tell them even if you make a big mistake you know because you know the recidivism rate is happening they do go back because of some other stupid mistake uh-huh. I even tell them you've got to even shake that off and take your lumps you know what yeah. I mean? If you do yeah. something wrong, you test positive, okay, you're going to go back, take your lumps now, but it's not forever. Yeah. We'll see you next year. No. Don't give up. Just don't give up. It doesn't matter what your right. circumstances are. You know, we, exactly. can't, we can't give up because we have this gorgeous life ahead. And I think that's when faith comes in. You have to yeah, have the does. faith that there's something new coming. You know what I mean? And something yeah. that your purpose, and we have a, like yeah. a divine purpose to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody does. And, you know, if everybody. they can't see it, they won't be able to grasp it. They just won't. Exactly. And, and you have to keep talking. I mean, that's part of what we're supposed to do. All of us are assigned that task now, and it gets very tiring, but we need to keep going. Yeah. Because, you know, we have been forced to shut up for so many years. Yes. Just think of how scared I was even in the 80s just to reach out and get help because I was having such intense abduction experiences. I was extremely traumatized by it. So in the 80s, that's when I wrote to Harvard. I needed. I said, if I'm this crazy, I need help from the best people. And the best one I could think of was John Mack because uh, I heard somewhere, somewhere in a magazine. I don't know how it was because a lot of people weren't into this then, you know, and uh, I remember, yeah, because I remember putting the envelope, I wrote him a letter, and I remember putting the envelope in the uh, mailbox, and when I let go of it, I was paralyzed with fear trying to get that envelope back. I was horrified. Oh, yeah. like, oh my God, now they're going to come and get me, the military. You know, that's <laughs> the way we felt 20 years ago. They're coming to get you now. Yeah, you know, little yeah. do we know. Well, do we know, yeah, they are coming to get us anytime they want. But, you know, back then I thought this is when they, they had liberty to take you away. You know, I don't oh, think, yeah, I think that, that we're all you... protecting each other. But yes, I do too. Oh, the more Charlene, out there. can I talk to you guys? Because I, I trust you guys. You know what? Uh-huh. I really feel like there's so many, many, many abductees that are connected to the military to some degree, which is government. Yes. And I feel like there is that agreement for technology for abductees, but they wanted like a list <laughs> or whatever. You know? And I feel like, you know, I feel like all my life I've been watched in more than one way. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I agree. You know, yeah, and yet never, never really bothered to the point of insanity. But I want to tell both of you that back in the day, when I was really young, because it's been happening to me, you said two and a half, Char, it's, as far as I know, four, all right? Mm-hmm. But then again, big time at 11 years old, and then big time when I was a teenager, but it was more like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 24, like, like right to 24, and then for whatever reason, it became more of a major 
like contactee thing where they were showing me things and teaching me things and telling me things and talking to me and giving me information and all the psychic stuff started coming out, you know. But don't yeah. let me tell you, don't think for one minute that I wasn't totally traumatized by this, obsessed with it back in the day. You know, when I realized something is really not right here, that I'm having something go on, nobody's talking about, and I don't dare talk about it. I just know there's something not right about it, you know, and mm -hmm. I had sisters and talked about it. So why me? Yeah. You know, all I ever said was, why me? Why was I selected? My father was in the military, but he had three daughters. I was the middle. All right, so maybe mm -hmm. I'm the psychic one or, or I, I don't know why, but my sisters don't talk about it. They they look at me in a way. They don't, neither one of my sisters think I'm crazy. My mother doesn't. My father, of course, never did. I've never had my stepfather definitely thinks I'm a little, like, loopy. But, you know, he's not my family. family. But my own family knows me, and they know me. You know what? When you know somebody all your life and you know them, and they're not going to tell lies and they're not going to bullshit you, and I'm all about the friggin' truth no matter what, I don't care how ugly the goddamn truth is. I'm all about that, okay? I'm all about truth and justice. And you know what? I have been able to be shown things and seen things that involve truth and justice because that's, like, totally what I vibrate to, you know? Yeah. And it's not, it's not always pleasant. It's just not. And it's very lonely. And thank God for Starborn support, really, and everybody in it because we can say things to each other. I don't think I've ever been able to say to anybody in the UFO field in the last three years. It's been, like, a huge breakthrough for me. To really come out yeah, and talk that's about what it. Are about. Yeah, that's where I tell all my stuff too. You know, it's not I never made meeting, really. researching and investigating. It was never about my own stuff. So I yeah. met Audrey and Deb they made me come out of the closet. Yeah. Nice. And and each time you say something a little crazy and it comes out okay and people listen, mm. then you think, Well, maybe I can add the next crazy thing that's a little bit crazier <laughs> than the one before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, at, I was at one group. I was at one meeting. One, I was at one group, and what I had to say was so crazy. I made the men leave the room. They got really mad at me, but I said, "Well, I'll never say it out loud." Then either the guys go or they left. And then I said what I had uh -huh. to say, and I think everybody has amnesia and forgot about it, which I'm glad. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, it hasn't been yeah. discussed anywhere. But um, yeah. because things happen, because this is a real uh, thing. And oh, yeah. things happen clinically that are not pleasant. I mean, not something happens to you uh, that's altering yourself and your body and everything else. And, uh, you mm -hmm. know, a lot of it is very painful. That's why I... I don't understand, you know, a whole life of pleasant experiences, but I'm thinking people are chosen for different reasons, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I never, hey. ever thought, I swear to God, I never thought of my space babies that they were here. I've always thought they were in the clouds. You know, I didn't realize they were here. So it was really a twist on my brain uh, to actually come to that awareness tonight. You know, it really mm -hmm. it was like, oh, my God. Like, they could be yeah. my neighbor, you know. Who knows? I would no, know them, I, sort of. No, and at I some think. point I'll share you some of, with you some of my other thoughts on that, too, because 
it's pretty deep, and it's, again, something else that I don't always mention as to where, where and why I think some of these children have come to be, um, because it's not always really pleasant. Um, but if you think about it, I think we have some of the answers. Uh, yeah, Kathy was right when some people have asked for children and want and need them, and they're given them. But I also think that some of the mistakes um, are given to us mm. as gifts because they can't be handled there. They want perfection, and they're not perfect. Um, no. And, You're right, because I've seen some that really upset me. You know, and I, I upset uh, them too. Yeah, but for a minute, Think about some children who are very loving. Yeah, they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and think about children who has a gene that's not right, and that's why they are what they are. They have almond-shaped eyes. Yeah. And wow, are you yeah, really saying what I'm thinking? You're saying. I think probably. Is that why they're so happy and they know their little God's gift to our, ourselves? Uh-huh. Because they, they are. So, wow. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, my church, we're uh, having dinner. We're having uh, some special needs, a whole, whole bunch of uh, special needs mm-hmm. people. And uh, they were taught, okay, so you have to, like, watch or you have to, you know, hoover over, hover, excuse me, over them and, you know, be careful, blah, blah, blah. But once they got there and I realized that they have a life, it's sort of like living a soap opera because there's so much drama in life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I said, you know, everybody's living to their own capacity, you know, right. and uh, they were sitting talking about so-and-so on the other table and, you know, she's dating, blah, blah, blah. I said, you know, everybody's the same. You know what I mean? We just have different ways of appearing and of, uh, uh, That's you know, right. different skills and stuff like that. So I changed my mind about all that, you know, that everybody's good like they are, you know. I love that but people are actually... Sure, sure they are. But anybody that's only that one. is different, that's one. That's only one example of a possibility. And I was told that by someone that had an experience as to it pointing out to me, that's probably one because we've got a, a gene that has come out wrong and there are a gift and people consider that. Um, and if if you're talking about the same thing I am, then I tend to think that's what's gone on. I do. I think that what? it has. We just, had a, we just had the Special Olympics here and we're hosting all over the whole country and you can see the blooming of the love and the trying and the, mm-hmm. you know, the excelling and the ju- the jubilance and in extreme mm-hmm. joy, you know. And uh, I and just, I'm not uh, I'm not talking. Yeah, it's they're there, and I'm not talking about all of them, but that is one. No. Um, no. If I am to name it, I would say Down syndrome. I know that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, those children were supposed to be uh, not given to us, but I don't think they were meant to stay uh, 
when they came from us and the other world. And so, again, we were meant to raise them. Mm. So they could be with us and get what they need because I've been shown any of my children as they were growing up, they actually just needed to be with me. And they just say, will you, will you uh, sit and read with them for a while? And I, and I would, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. but now that I'm seeing them grown, I just never expected grown children, you know. And one of them didn't look like he did when he was little because usually I have little toe heads. This one's mm-hmm. tall, thin. He had a lot of dark hair. And I kind of said, well, I thought this was over and kind of rejected him. And, uh, uh-oh, Pam, Pam has dropped. So I guess it's just me and oh. you. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh um what I was saying is that uh um you know, I was I lacked the compassion. I really was ashamed when I woke up, you know what I mean? Because I was thinking, What do you mean it's over? You're not like you know, I, I okay, when I'm having these experiences, I put them in little boxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm really yeah. kind of not, I'm only seeing what's in front of me, first of all. And then I have it in a little box. So I have compartmentalized and tried to put rules on what they're doing. And then to see them growing up, I was very shocked, you know. Yeah. And I've seen the blonde ones recently and one full-grown woman. And then this tall, thin, dark guy. And they're all my children. And... Yeah. uh you know, so I actually prayed when I woke up that, you know, I wouldn't do that again. You can't even, you can't reject your children now, no matter how old they are. And I just felt embarrassed because he knew what I did because I said that out loud. Uh-huh. You know, anyway, uh-huh. this is so weird. So it's getting late where you are and and I really appreciate yep. <laughs> you being on. And uh, you're just one amazing woman. And I know you guys are going to have an awesome time together in August. So. Uh, oh yeah. I just, well, I, I just I wish you, you happy thank, trails. And... Thank you. Well, I think we're all amazing, and we are what we're supposed to be, and to know each other. So, yeah, it was so That's nice right. to be on tonight. I thank you so much. So you're very, very welcome. And you take well, care. And if you ever need me in any capacity, let me know. If you, you know, need me to announce stuff or or whatever, or you want to come on and oh. talk about your. Uh, your your projects, you know, you're very welcome anytime. Oh, thank you so much. We'll, we'll okay, you again. take care. Thank you, you Denise. Too. Take care. Good night. All right. Take care. Good night. Good night. So good night, everybody. Uh, it's been quite a interesting show, and after the show, and I I wish you well, really. Uh, whoever's listening, you know, whatever life path you've chosen, and. Uh, whether or not uh, you you believe in this topic or uh, or what's going on, we we all have like a piece of the puzzle, and we nobody has the whole picture and knows everything, and we're all just sharing each piece that we have, and that's all we have is just just our part, and we can't see it all, but we're all a piece of the big puzzle. And I'd like to wish everybody and all the guests tonight. Uh, a very wonderful evening, and thank you all for being on. Thank you for the listeners. I'm sorry for the people in chat that I was unable to uh, start up chat. Uh, it just wasn't available for some reason. So I'm just really happy that uh, we were able to get on. So God bless you all. Take care. Have a wonderful evening. Good night.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.